Welcome in to another round of GCR. I'm Stan the Fans sitting in for Glenn Clark, who uh, I guess the finals are tonight in the uh, international, and I was incorrect yesterday. I called them the National Shuffleboard Championships, but they're the International Shuffleboard these Championships. Are, these are world shuffleboard titles we're talking the World about. shuffleboard titles that Glenn arranged. and It made sense that he was able to trade his entire vacation uh, on the SSS Minnow, okay? Uh, so we wish Glenn nothing but the best on his final couple days of uh, his vacation. A voyage, out there. yeah. His voyage. That's a, you know, life is a lot of times is like a voyage. Is it? Yes, yes it is. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good analogy. <laughs> yeah, yes it is. I couldn't have said it better myself. Um Welcome aboard to, uh, as I said, another round of GCR. We got a busy show today. Um, it'll be topped off at 10:20 by Scott Garceau at 10:45. The one and only Bo Smolka, who covers the Baltimore Ravens uh, for PressBox and PressBoxOnline.com, at 11:20 from the Florida Prospects Report, uh, and increasingly he'll be uh, heard on the PressBox airwaves. Uh, Eric Garfield will join us to talk a little bit about uh, Oriole prospects and about this um, opening of the new Dominican Academy that is taking place, I think, in three days, I think it is. I think it's the 16th. Uh, that sounds right. I know it is uh, I know it is soon, though. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I know it. that Kobe Perez will be there along with Oriole general manager Mike Elias and the president of the country of the Dominican Republic. I don't know they that do. Glenn will be there, though. Glenn was working so. on a deal to try and be there. but Yes, I don't Tuesday think the it, 16th, you are the right. Tuesday the 16th, all right. Anyway, we'll talk a little bit about the impact that all of a sudden we've had, you know, um, Griffin, we've had this incredible spate of high-end talent from the draft. Well, are we starting to – are we going to start to see a spate – of that's a big word for me, spate. I think it's know. a good one. I think yeah, you should use it all show. It's all. It's really. It's been the star of the show so far. The <laughs> word spate. Uh, but seriously, this this um, ever increasing talent level coming out of the uh, Latin American countries uh, can pay some huge dividends, uh, and we'll talk to uh, Eric Garfield about that as well. And then at eleven forty, uh, the one, the only. The legend Josh Charles oh. joins his uncle. You know him? Yeah, yeah. I, I know him. Okay. That's Apparently, uh, you knew him a lot better than I do. He responded to you, <laughs> did not respond to me. Well, we can confront him about that, so yeah. but, that but plenty we plenty to will, talk about. We will, we will have him. He was a good nephew the past uh, 10 days. He was that's constantly nice. checking in on mm. me. He was worried about me. I guess that's a sign that I'm old. Uh, anyway, uh, Josh Chimes in and uh, gives his thoughts on the Ravens as we enter their bye week, um, yeah, at literally the bye, the bye weekend of games, and uh, how he how he's feeling, uh, and who he thinks they'll play. Hey, are you able to assess out who we will play? You know, are we going to play the winner of the since the Cleveland Houston game? Um, to me, it feels likely with that, just because I don't put I, I don't. 
think the Dolphins have a great chance of winning. I also don't think the Steelers have a good chance of winning. So to me, you know, that makes it seem like uh, the lowest seed will more likely than not come from uh, this 4-5 Browns-Texans game. Okay, um, so we would most likely host Yeah, I mean, Cleveland of course, those will be famous last words, and the Steelers yeah, will not go off the, the Bills. and then the Dolphins could upset yeah, the Dolphins somebody. Upset the Bills. They were not a they were not a division winner. Correct. Yeah, so, yeah. in other words, the, um, the two and Houston three. is higher – because they're a division winner, correct? Correct, okay. yes. But but along the lines, if Kansas City and Buffalo hold serve, the Ravens will be hosting. The winner of yeah. the first game tomorrow. Right. Houston-Cleveland. Uh, and do we have any idea, would that be a uh, – would you hazard a guess as to whether that would be next Saturday or Sunday? Uh, I have no idea. I, I would. Th- I guess I would lean that the NFL might want to try to put the team with a bye on the Saturday just so you have one less team playing on a short week. Yeah. Um, but That's you know, how I would see it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, and they'll do whatever. And maybe make that game the night game, right. Saturday yeah, night yeah. game. Yeah, well, which is exactly what happened in 2019 when right. the Ravens hosted the Titans. And, uh, you know, yeah. we don't talk about that too much anymore. That was one of the most disappointing times ever leaving that stadium. Yeah. I remember being – incredibly excited going into that ball game and as the game wore on it was just like just being disappointed i think the two most disappointing raven games that i ever attended were were that game uh more so than the chargers you know win that last philip river season that they beat us um more so than that was was that game against the titans uh, and the game against the Indianapolis Colts when Steve McNair was called coach, uh, quarterback coach, yeah, quarterback. the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. So, anyway, interesting yesterday we had Cornell Wild on. Uh, uh, Cornell Woodland, yes. Woodland on yesterday. Cornell Wild was an actor back in the 50s. So that would have been nice if we had mind, him too, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, he's long gone. He's, long, he's not doing any shuffleboard games uh, broadcasts or anything. Cornell Woodland, of course, uh, of the marrying kind of Woodland. Yeah, of course, yes. yeah. Uh, he, his take was that Dalvin Cook wasn't going to be that big a signing for the Ravens. Uh, reading a little bit more yesterday, and of course, he didn't have the benefit of having been at Harbaugh's 215. Well, no, Harbaugh's whatever, press Whatever rate. media availability was yesterday, because yeah. I believe they had Dalvin speak yesterday. Yeah, which but was today kind of Harbaugh's odd. talking at 215. Uh, yes. But he didn't have the benefit of having heard Harbaugh yesterday. But apparently, at least the club, and you know, there's so much as could be misinformation, misdirecting the uh, opponents to spend time on on another player. But apparently, they have sort of a vision that Dalvin Cook still got more than a little bit of uh, fumes left in the tank. Yeah, I mean, you consider how much of that is smoke, as you mentioned, uh, you know, just giving whoever they happen I mean, this, to see. Was this his first year with the Jets, right? Uh, yeah, but he hardly played. They, That's what I mean. Yeah, he, so, yeah. And they, they stunk. Their offense was and ha- Brees trash. Hall, Brees Hall was very good, so, you know, they weren't yeah. really going to take yeah. any carries away from Brees Hall right. just, just, for, uh, just for Dalvin Cook. Is, is this – was his going to the Jets – I know it wasn't the same situation. But who was the running back about eight years ago, the Steelers, that left to go to the Jets? Oh, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. And then he was never any good again. 
Wasn't Dalvin Cook pretty damn good last, yeah, Dalvin last Cook, year? Yeah, I mean, his first, like, what, four years, I guess, is was it, would this be his fifth season? I, I, I forget He's what year this is. He's 28 years old. Okay, so, yeah, so. so this is probably his fifth or sixth season. Um, But, yeah, his, his all, of, all of his years with um, the, the Vikings, Vikings, he was very good. top, top yeah, yeah, notch. He was yeah. very good. I mean, he got a lot of volume, um, so that helps with a running back always yeah. in their production. Um, so I, you know, so you know, naturally, seeing less carries, he was less not much of a factor for the Jets. Uh, so I mean, you know, it it, it it's uh it's interesting. I you know tend to kind of lean more on what Cordell said. You know, the uh, Melvin Gordon had the fumble issues uh, the, the, right. his entire career, and we saw that immediately on display in the Steelers game. Obviously, it was pouring down rain. Um, but you know, this is something that it, it's not like it was a fluke for Melvin Gordon. Uh, yeah. We expect to see that. So I, I think we'll up, see. I looked up uh, Dalvin Cook. He's had. 21 fumbles Has in he? his career. I mean, that's ha- about four or five uh, fumbles th- lost. Yeah. Mm, actually, no fumble fumbles. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, the same thing. It's the same yeah. thing. But uh, um, you know, but I I think uh, just even the like as Cordell mentioned the uh, communication issues or the handoff issues rather that that yeah. mesh point um with Justice Hill that we've saw issues with early in the season. Um, it seems like those have largely gotten taken care of but you know i i would still think that any dalvin cook we see will be be very minimal uh and would probably be just dependent on you know the health of gus edwards and justice hill knock on wood that you know they they were were quotes from uh, lamar jackson saying he tried to recruit him to come Mm -hmm. to come i mean yeah he was a great player great he was great at florida state and he was great in his first couple years with minnesota so and he's been overall pretty durable so i mean yeah uh, I think it's just kind of the nature of the running back position. You play four years, and once you get to you know that twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty year old range as a running back, you know the tread is uh, has has largely largely worn off. The and, tread, uh, the tread seems unless you're like Adrian it, Peterson or Derrick Henry, it seems it, it's it seems that the tread is, but it's really more the fear of the tread that they don't want to give you a, a long term contract. I didn't see until this year. I saw no sort of backtracking in his performance. Yeah, Alvin Cook. Yeah, I mean, I think that's. Uh, just, I mean, yeah, you're, the fear, the fear probably is a factor there, but it's you know, no one wants to be the team that's like, oh, oh, we kept. I mean, look at Austin Eckler this year. Austin Eckler, everyone, everyone that watched uh, any Chargers game, which I'm sorry if you did watch uh, a ton of Chargers games. Um, but any of the highlights that you saw of Eckler was, you know, he just did not really have the speed that he that he once did. And, uh, you know, that led to his production being down. He still saw a good bit of volume, but, you know, that led to his production being down. And uh, it seems like, you know, likely won't see the Austin Eckler that we were used to, you know, the last four or five, four or five seasons. Uh, and it's just because, well, you know. Well, it'll be interesting to threat. see if he goes to a team with a little bit more going on overall, you know. Yeah. Uh, than, than they had this past year. Let's see. Dalvin Cook, I just want to see whether I'm missing something. And he had slipped past me. His. What's, uh, you just looking at what, his I'm rushing stats? at his yardage. In 2022, he had he played all 17 games. He had 1173 yards, which isn't a great number. Uh, but this year, he had 254 yards. Um, yeah, he didn't. I mean, he just wasn't used too much. It says he <laughs> played 15 games, but he only started one game, and he only yeah, attempted he only 60 67 carries. carries. Yeah, he yeah. only had 60 carries. So. Um, 
I, I would not expect Dalvin Cook to have a large role in the Ravens' offense. Uh, okay. You know, I mean, I, they, they had him speak at the podium yesterday. I think that's why everyone was talking about it because you know he he officially started practicing this, uh, like Wednesday, right? And he spoke uh, to the media yesterday, so that I think that's the only reason that uh, that that were and it's it, it's a bye week. You know, there's there's nothing we know we we know what the Ravens are at this point. We yeah. we're we're largely confident in what we're going to see. The only thing was like, oh, this you know, it's a new a new toy kind of showed up. Yeah, and it's you know, everyone wants to. Wants to speculate what that might mean, what that what we might see from that. I don't think uh, we'll see much more than you know typical uh, third okay. running back uh, you know touches. All right. So. I, I I see from the comments that, that there might be discussing a, a larger role for him, but I could be misreading. I would be. I mean, I would be shocked. You know, just to bring in a guy strict strictly for the playoffs when you've had really good performances from Gus Edwards and Justice Hill uh, to the, I mean outside the fumbles with Justice Hill right um you've had really good performances you, you know especially over the last month since Keaton Mitchell went down so I I would be surprised to well, see the, Dalvin the, Cook the, 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 have an ar- impact the article role. I read which was Hensley's Jonathan Hensley's uh, Jameson yeah Jameson Hensley's uh column he's related Jonathan Hensley's related to Cornell Wilde are they uh, really yeah, wow. yeah they're distant cousins um but uh, but Jeremy uh, Jameson Hensley, yeah. his piece was about the fact that the running backs, aside from Keaton Mitchell, are averaging like about four yards a run. It's pretty good. I mean, I, you'd like to be, I guess, a little higher, be yeah, closer to five. Uh, averaging, you'd, that... you'd like you'd like one of the three of them to be averaging like sort of. What what would you guess that Keaton Mitchell was averaging? Twelve, uh, fourteen. Um, that seems a little high, but uh, probably what like six or seven. Like he was he was uh, getting a lot of uh, he he was get he was breaking off a lot of strong runs. But yeah. like Gus is Gus is averaged four nine five five yards a carry I think his entire career. So I'm not too worried about the running back uh, situation right now. And you know I, Dalvin Cook would should only add depth. Should only add depth. Uh, I think it's a depth add. And, uh, you know, it's a win-win for everyone because if something, God forbid, does happen to Gus or Justice Hill, um, you know, there's a guy that, you know, that we've seen in the last couple seasons uh, is very capable of getting a lot of touches and performing well. He was, was, uh, Keaton Mitchell was averaging 8.4 per carry. Double, double what they're getting out of it. Now, again, that does not include Lamar Jackson. Right, so they're they're getting more than four yards a carry by their runs. Yeah, I mean, I guess Gus is having quite a down year compared. He he's he'd averaged five yards a carry all four of the previous seasons. Right. This year he's down to four point one. Okay, um, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We will see. Um, hey, uh, real quick before we, because I know we're going to turn our attention to 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 uh, baseball with Scott Garcon momentarily, <laughs> but the New England Bay Patriots wasted no uh, time in naming Gerard Mayo, Gerard Mayo, as their new head coach. And, in fact, they circumvented having to go through the hiring protocol by having a succession plan that has been compared um, to the Ravens' succession plan with Eric DaCosta taking over for Ozzie Newsom. Uh, and it leads me to the speculation, because I don't know a hell, whole heck of a lot about Gerard Mayo, but it leads me to believe that the Ravens, I would think, are going to make every attempt at keeping defensive coordinator Mike McDonald here. Um, yeah, um, yeah, I agree. It, it, I know you made the comment, uh, you know, right before uh, right before the show started. That yeah, it was a, it, it, uh, it was very interesting um, that they did the same thing that the that the Ravens did with uh, with um, 
uh, Eric DaCosta, when they went from Ozzie Newsom to Eric DaCosta, uh, you know, it's just something built into the contract that, uh, you know, they can they can kind of forego all the hiring process. They, they didn't have to, you know, go through yeah. interviewing, you know, X number of candidates um, since it was already built into the contract. I believe they did it last summer, I think, is what, uh, is, is what uh, it was reported as. And uh, so they were able to just kind of, you know, easily slide drop mail right into yeah. uh, Bill Belichick's well, head coaching Well, it makes role. it very clear that they had a, a, a plan, and that plan, in fact, was not hatched two, three days ago. That plan was hatched last year, Yeah, you know, when they, yep. they extended yep. his they- contract and put him in. It probably did not – it probably did not contain an exact outdate that Bill Belichick was leaving after the 2023 season because suppose he'd won eight or nine games, ten games this year. Playoffs, yeah. They wouldn't have fired him or something like that. But it was clear that he was, uh, you know, it was was in play. Yeah. And Gerard Uh, Mayo's new head coach. I just don't see something like that being put into play for Mike McDonald just because I I don't I I still see John Harbaugh sticking around for probably at least another five years unless he decides out of the blue that, you know, he's 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 had enough and he's done everything that he that he's needed to, uh, you know, in the football field and and for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, But that, you know, I I would think Mike McDonald is eager to become a head coach at some point. Mm -hmm. um, And the Ravens wouldn't want to get in his way of that. So. Okay, you see it that way. I I'd, see I see a lot of chatter leaning toward that way. Uh, and I will say that I've known Steve Bishotti for more than 20 years, and one of his business adages is expedite the inevitable, or it used to be uh, 20 years, 20-plus 20 years ago, which expediting the inevitable is eventually you're going to lose John Harbaugh. You got his best possible replacement right here uh yeah. don't don't lose him yeah uh, i don't I, think it's an agree. open-ended i i would think that it's after something like after two or three years then you you have the right to move on you know yeah. but i think yeah. that reserving him well the fact and paying that- him a couple million dollars more a year to be your defensive coordinator to keep him in line. I'm all for that. I'm all yeah. for that. I just don't see. I mean, you know, Mike McDonald is ha- having head coaching interviews right now, like yeah. that. Like, you know, his he could he could you go know for a fact coach. he's having them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's had multiple requests. I think the Commanders, uh, the Falcons, I believe, or the Panthers, I believe. Okay. The Panthers and Commanders have uh, both. Right. I think he already interviewed uh, Munkin and McDonald. Actually, I uh, believe yesterday they said really? that they both interviewed. So maybe his uh, adage is no longer expedite the inevitable. <laughs> Uh, do you want to remind everyone about uh, about uh, maybe what, what's going on right now at a uh, Superbook? You, you, are you telling me that or suggesting that? Well, you can remind somebody about something else if you'd like. Now, use the uh, use the promo code Glenn Clark twenty three or Stan Charles twenty three when you sign up at Superbook, and you'll receive up to two hundred and fifty dollars in a same day first bet match, win or lose. Download the Superbook app or visit Superbook.com to take advantage of this great offer today. Uh, And I'll tell you that Pressbox's Project Game Day returns for the divisional round playoff matchup. After the game, join Glenn, Rita, Femi, Ian Badesha, KZ, Josh Charles, and the crew to discuss what went down. You can watch the game at you can watch the show at facebook.com slash pressbox sports <coughs> or at youtube.com slash pressbox on pressbox online project 
Let me let me do that again later on. I'm muffle, uh, muffling uh, it. Gotcha. And I'm embarrassed to muff it in front of my friend. Is he on with he us? He is. He is ready to Mr. go. Mr. Scott Garceau joins us right now. Scott, I was embarrassed by that read that I was giving a, a mistake. So every dis- a mistake every so other sentence. You, Stan. So yeah. disappointed. In I, you. Know. I know. I I I set the bar much higher than that for you. But hey, <laughs> it's it's spring training, right? We got time to work out the kinks. No, <laughs> I, 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 it's not even spring training for me anymore. Uh, hey, Scotty. Um, I know you did uh, Raven games for about 10 years in this town, and I know you yeah. follow them very carefully. I'm just curious. Um, Griffin Bass, our, our esteemed uh, producer here, tells me that Mike McDonald right now is already interviewing for coaching positions. You you don't think that uh, uh, Steve Bishotti would enter into the type of succession plan for Mike McDonald that he had for Eric DaCosta at this point? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's always a possibility. I, I just don't, I don't think, uh, you know, it's not like John Harbaugh is Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick age. Right. And you, you know, I, I think John's going to be here for a while. I, you know, I haven't heard any hints that, you know, it's been a good run. I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I'm getting out. So, I, I I don't I don't see anything like that. I mean, could you give him a big raise, make him assistant head coach? But does he want to wait five years, six years, seven mm-hmm. when uh, when he could be a head coach today somewhere? So yeah, uh, it, it will be interesting to hear if there was any attempt made by the Ravens to say, hey, we we think a ton of this guy. But sometimes you can't keep you know you can't keep him. Uh, you you got guys in yeah. the pipeline, and he, he he's a young guy that a lot of people want. I, you know, he, he, he might be a guy, if Harbaugh goes to the NFL, he might consider going back to Michigan to be the head coach at Michigan as well, too. That's, so a, that's I, I think that, Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of people interested in him and the fact that this uh, defense has been so good this year. You, you know how that goes. Uh, we saw it with the Ravens' great defenses back in the early 2000s. Uh, how many of those, how many of those defensive coaches got to be head coaches, right? Yeah. I think they're at least four or five because of, that great defense, and they were associated with it. And I guess you heard the news this morning that Gerard uh, Mayo is the new head coach of the New England Patriots. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I heard early, you know, from the New England people that were speculating that he would be very high and probably top that list, so it, it looks like uh, they had their guy and, and didn't wait and made the move. Yeah, 24 years there for Bill Belichick. It's been a long time since they had to hire a head coach. Yeah, you're right. I. I can remember, Stan, in, in 1999, the Ravens closed the game, closed the season in a meaningless game mm-hmm. uh, at, the, at the old stadium up there. And we were talking to Will McDonough before the game, and he said, oh, we, he goes, they got four or five guys today that could play, but I, I just think they don't want to. You know, mm-hmm. minor injuries that normally if the game meant something, they'd play. And, and I can remember the fans singing during the game, Goodbye, Pete. It was Pete Carroll, Pete right? Pete Carroll. It was yep. the last game yep. up there, and it was also uh, we were turning the millennium, right? We we're going from 1999 to 2000. Mm-hmm. It was New Year's New Year's weekend, and they were worried about planes falling out of skies and computers <laughs> going down and all that stuff. But but you know, I don't think it was a full crowd because it had been a rough season for the Patriots. Uh, we didn't know what the Ravens were on the brink of then. They'd never had a winning season, but I just remember that song. Goodbye, Pete. They were kind of serenading him out, and then uh, how history changed, right? Belichick comes in, and Carroll goes on to 
you know, ha- have a run at Southern Cal and then a pretty good run with the Seahawks where he got the two Super Bowls and won one. Yeah, yeah. It's a, an unusual week to lose, a, to, to not necessarily lose a Bill Belichick permanently, but to lose a Saban, uh, Pete Carroll, yeah. who's meant so much in the coaching community, and Bill Belichick all in three or four days is pretty staggering, it, I think. It, and, and you know what we notice, guys our age, Stan, they're all about our age. Yes, <laughs> yes, we do. You, you know, but but guys that really had success, uh, I, I don't think it mattered. Uh, we, we can we can get into a good conversation about Belichick. I, I think he's one of the greatest ever. I'm not sure I'm calling him the greatest coach ever, and there will always be that, well, but he didn't do anything in Cleveland when he didn't mm-hmm. have Brady, and yep. uh, and when Brady left New England, he didn't do anything there. He had three out of four losing seasons and and then uh was split i, I kind of saw this coming i think when when you looked up and they were four and 13 this year uh i i didn't i didn't think Kraft would fire him I, I thought you know for what he did and won six super bowls there they would find a way to part amicably and and who knows behind the scenes how much tension there was the last year or two between them uh, at, at one point Kraft had to pick between belichick and brady and he picked Belichick, and I'm not saying he was wrong. But right. Brady went on to Tampa, won a Super Bowl, and the Patriots have been downhill since Brady left. So uh, you know, it, it's, it's never easy when you're it, when you're picking. It's interesting, Scott. I wonder if he had been proactive there and saying, you know what, I'm 70 years old, two years ago, and said, I just want to coach. Let's bring in a football guy. Whether that mm-hmm. might not have maybe giving him a little bit more rope to to get this yeah, thing sure. turned around. I, I agree. I agree. And, and then I think it's going to be interesting who hires Belichick. Do you want to – obviously you're, you're getting a big name, a Hall of Famer, maybe the greatest coach ever in, 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 in some opinions. Uh, but, you know, you're not getting Mike McDonald where you could build something for 8, 10, 15 years. You're getting a guy that would probably be around – for three or four years, we'll leave with the most wins ever. But if you don't have an established quarterback and you're trying to build something, is that really where you want to go? And I think some teams have already said, you know, no knock on Bill, but we're not interested in yeah. him. Uh, Would you it, it'll th- be interesting. It's it's Atlanta ironic we're talking. It's ironic. Spot. It's ironic we're talking football because I brought you in to talk about Orioles. But but <laughs> would you think right off the bat that uh, Justin Herbert and the Chargers? Look like a a pretty good uh, destination for him with I, yes, a yes. with a coach in waiting I, hired. If I'm Belichick, I, I mean, unless it's just in his mind, I want to coach another two three years and leave as the winningest uh, coach in NFL history. I want to go where there's a quarterback and I yeah. got a chance to win next year or the year after. I don't I don't want to go to Atlanta maybe that doesn't have a quarterback, although. You know, if they throw him all kinds of money and say we're going to do this, this, and draft this guy and trade for that guy, maybe he would buy into that. But I think I think you're on it. A place like San Diego, where you have a Justin Herbert, and you say, you know what, I can come in and do some things, and we can win right now. I didn't know the Chargers were still playing in San Diego. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> that's okay, Scott. See, even I make mistakes, Dan. Uh, that's you're not the only guy that makes. You, mistakes. You're taking it easy <laughs> on me. Hey, let's turn our attention to baseball. Uh, I think the fans are a little restless. We're hoping for more. But Mike Elias uh, treating this offseason pretty conservatively and probably making a statement that, hey, we don't need to do that much. We're pretty darn good. 
Well, I think that a couple of things. Uh, I think Oriole fans that have watched what Mike Elias has done since he walked through the doors should trust the guy. He's pretty good at what he does. Yep. That doesn't mean he's perfect. And I think we all look at the club and say, would re- really be good if they could add another starting pitcher, right? And that that is, I don't think there's any glaring weaknesses on this team that won over 100 games. You say, oh God, they got to get another center fielder. Or, you know, they they need a third baseman, and and you got some exciting things coming this year. Uh, Holiday, we we watched the debut of Adley and Gunner, and now Holiday's in the pipeline, top prospect in baseball, and there's sounds like there's a decent chance he might be here opening day. This 20-year-old kid that's dominated at every level. So there's that excitement. But, you know, Kyle Gibson walked out the door, and he he didn't get any Cy Young votes, but he made 35 starts and pitched 192 innings last year and was everything the Orioles hoped he could be as far as a leader in the clubhouse, great teammate, a mentor to the young pitchers. I'd love to see another veteran pitcher added to that group because, you know, John Means is coming off uh, Tommy John surgery, and you hope he can pitch like John Means has when he's been healthy for the Orioles. And and Kyle Bradish was what fourth in the Cy Young voting last year. He had a phenomenal season, and a, a couple of guys that gave him innings. Dean Kramer, don't forget about him. He was solid throughout the year, and, and Grayson Rodriguez looks like he could be a star in the making. So there's some nice pieces there, but you'd love to see another veteran added to the group because you know you look at every club. And at the end of the year, they've had 12 guys, 11 guys, 13 guys that made starts over the course of the season because players get hurt. They get sent down because they were ineffective for a month. A lot of things happen over the course of the year. You can never have too much starting pitching. Now, if teams are asking for the sun and the moon for Dylan Cease, you don't have to make that trade, right? And, and the other possibility is if they hold down the fort now, you you got a midseason trade before the deadline. If you really need something, then there might be some guys available that you can add. So if it doesn't happen now, I get it. I, I understand why fans would be disappointed, but I got to trust that Mike Elias is hearing things that he doesn't want to give up. Right? Well, we'll you know how about is is Basayo available? No, he's not available. We're not we're not we're not including this guy or that guy. I, I don't know who it is. Kowser. You know the the Orioles. I'm hearing. I'm hearing. I'm hearing. Kobe Mayo is the is a stickling point everywhere. Yeah, there's another everywhere. guy. Yeah. I mean, would you like to give up on him? And then <clears throat> two years from now, he's hitting 38 home runs, and you say, "Man, that's 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 a bet." I I do think the Orioles have some veterans that would be attractive to other team, plus some maybe not their top two or three prospects, but there's some other real good prospects in there that teams like the White Sox who are kind of in a rebuild mode would find attractive. So uh, who knows where it's going, but I, I think the Orioles could use a starting pitcher. You like the Kimbrell move. The, he, he's probably not going to be Batista, but he was an all-star last year. And I looked at his numbers. He had 90-some strikeouts and 60-some innings. So yep. he can still throw it by guys. Uh, I'm curious if you think with how careful they're – and believe me, this payroll is going to inch, uh, inch close to $100 million this year before it's all said and mm-hmm. done. Uh, but as careful as they're guarding expenditures, do you think if Bautista had been healthy and they didn't need to spend the money on Kimbrel, that they would have been a little bit more aggressive on Kyle Gibson? Possible. Possible. But they may have also reached a point that said, you know what, 
it's the old Belichick, right? But what, part of Belichick's genius was he always seemed to give up on a guy a year, year or two early. before yeah. other teams yeah. would. Yeah. yeah. And, and at Gibson at 35 or 36 through 192 innings last year, he's been a workhouse. I, I think I saw since 9, 2017, Gibson is the top four or five in innings pitched in all of baseball. So do, do they think, well, you know, there's a pretty good chance at age 36 that he's getting to the point where he might start breaking down? His ERA wasn't great last year. I think it was about four and a half, maybe above four yep. and a half. Yep. But but he he did everything they asked of him. So yeah, I'm not I'm not sure on that. I'm not sure if, if it was payroll, if it was age, what it was. But uh, I think they need somebody to kind of fill that role again this yeah. year. Yeah, I, I I you know the the longer this has gone on, I have a sneaking suspicion that they think uh, uh, that that the combination of Bradish and Rodriguez is very special or about to be mm-hmm. very special. The, the area that I'm concerned with is are Yanir Cano, Danny Colome, are those guys going to be as good as they were last year? They were pretty special out of that bullpen last year. They were, Stan, and, and you've, been, you've been following this as long as I have. Don't you think almost every team you go in, and there will be two guys in that bullpen that you thought were going to have good years because yeah, they were they, pretty special they last year. Around you. Yeah. And it, and they'll fall flat on their face. They'll have bad years. They might get injured. And then there'll be a couple of other guys who seem to come out of nowhere that pitch, you know, Cano last year, right? Yep. Yep. What a find he was. And then Webb shows up late. What did he go, 20 innings or something without giving up a run? So bullpens, bullpens seem to be a shot in the dark. You have, you have a couple of guys, your closer, and set up guys that put year after year together. But there is a lot of ups and downs and surprises in bullpens. Uh, I, I think the Orioles are okay out there. Uh, c- could they add somebody if there's a nice veteran sitting around that doesn't get the deal he thought he was going to get? Maybe you add somebody. But I think I think they could line up and, you know, CNL Perez. And uh, they, also got Dylan the Tate, they also got Dylan Tate hopefully Dylan Tate, yeah, yeah. coming back, yeah. Okay. And then uh, do, do Wells and D.L. Hall slot out there. Are they going to be needed in the rotation? Those are a couple of guys with good arms that gets outs, uh, get outs too. Uh, Scott, I wanted to go back to the rotation really quick. I mean, so we're thinking Cease probably isn't going to happen, and I don't know if that's because of price or the Orioles just aren't as interested as uh, as as we thought they were. Um, so I wanted to see like, maybe if you if there are any other guys that you thought might be out there. Like I'm looking, like Logan Gilbert's name keeps coming up. I uh, like that would be great. I'm not sure why the Mariners would would want to part ways with Logan Gilbert, but that's yeah. that's one that keeps uh, coming to my mind. Um, or any like free agent guys. I think Jordan Montgomery is still out there as a free agent who like might be in that kind of. Uh, you know, Kyle Gibson like range might be a little more expensive. Uh, might be a little too expensive for the Orioles, but I wanted to see if there were any guys that. Were yeah, I, I I I think I, I kind of agree with you that Montgomery's numbers might be where the Orioles aren't going to go. I mean, that that would be great. A, a left-hander, you add him. Stan and I we we talked before. Stan talked about a couple of the arms down with the um, Marlins. You know, with the with I, lo- I love Lozardo. Yeah, I love Lozardo. Yeah. Uh, I I think there's still – the market isn't exhausted. It's been worked over a little bit. And see where Stroman signed today. Uh, he, he's going to be a Yankee. Uh, but the, the market isn't exhausted. And I don't think – it doesn't have to be a one or two. It can be your four or five in the rotation. But a veteran who 
you can maybe pencil in for 140 to 170 innings. That's the guy I think they need because it's it's an insurance policy. If you said right now they didn't add anybody, list them one through five, I think that's a decent rotation. But, you know, is Means going to hold up over a year? Is this guy going to have a sore shoulder and miss two months? Uh, that, that's why I'd like to see another veteran added to that group. We're talking with Scott Garceau, who's getting ready for yet another season of Orioles baseball. It kicks off pretty soon. Scott, before we let you go, um, just your thoughts. You've been around the game, uh, all these games, a long time. How Just how impressed are you with the job that Brandon Hyde has done here over these uh, past five years? I, I think it's it's terrific, and I give Michael Elias a lot of credit. First, he, you know, he, he hired him. And yep. then he stuck with them. He, he stuck with them through just the worst times, right? Uh, losing 100-plus games. And, and so often we see that guy come in in turmoil, rebuilding process, and, and, and he gets his brains beat out. Uh, I, th- I think I looked last year before last season, because what would the Orioles go, 83 and 79 the year before? Something like Something that. Like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I said – they would have had to do that for 29 consecutive years for Brandon Hyde to get his record back to 500. Well, <laughs> they won over a hunt. They won over a hundred last year, but you know what? Michael Elias. So often you see that guy get beat up, and then the next guy comes in and reaps the rewards. Yep. And I think I think Mike saw that Brandon was a solid baseball guy. I'd I'd get asked a lot the first couple of years I was back doing the games. What do you think of Brandon Hyde? What do you think? Well, you think Brandon Hyde's a good manager? And, and you know what I tell everybody? When his team's as good as the teams he's playing, <laughs> I'll be able to answer that question. Because, I mean, he was putting on basically a 4A lineup. Yeah. It was a whole bunch of AAA players those first couple of years, and then they'd add a, a veteran here or there for a year, throw in a veteran shortstop here, patch something out there. And, and Mike Elias came in and said, this is going to be painful, and it was. He, he wasn't wrong about that, but he said we're going to build it right and it's going to pay off. And, and now the last couple of years, I think we've seen the payoff. And, and I think Brandon's a good communicator with his players. He's a straight-up guy. Uh, he, he's, he's very modern. He, he, can, he, can, he can play the analytics game, but he also is an old-school baseball guy too, and I love that combination where there's still a lot of old-school in him. He's a tough guy. I think his players see him fighting for him. Uh, I think the Orioles got a good manager, and uh, he's the manager of the year, right? Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm re- I'm really glad that Mike stuck with him, and Brandon was able to see this thing through, and now he's got players that he can match up with anybody. Hey, last thing I've got for you before uh, we let you go is th- this: you you alluded to it earlier about Jackson Holiday at 20 years of age. I think with this new new rule that gives teams an incentive draft pick wise to have guys get out there and not manipulate them for salary reasons. Yeah. I think Jackson Holiday really stands unless he falls flat on his face this spring. I think he's going to start the season at, most likely in my opinion as the club's second baseman. Yeah, I mean I the, the I could nice be wrong on is, position, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, the nice part with that, Stan, is Gunner's a gold-glove caliber shortstop or third baseman. Yep. So you have flexibility there. Uh, what, what I've heard about Holiday is major league-ready shortstop 
doesn't have Gunner's arm. Not many guys do. Mm-hmm. You know, the Machado Gunner kind of cannon. But, uh, you know, m- maybe eventually second base is his best place if Gunner's playing shortstop or whatever. But he can play, he can play Major League shortstop right now, the reports I'm getting. Ben McDonald saw him some. He says the arm is, is a solid Major League shortstop arm, but it's not, you know, it's not that cannon that Gunner has right there. But, yeah, how exciting is that? And just think last year because of Gunner, they got a second-round pick for that. Yeah. And guess where Gunner was picked in the second round? Yep. That's a pretty valuable choice, right? Yep. 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 So, yep. yeah, I, I, I love the fact how often did we see, well, that guy, I thought this year, well, uh, Holiday will start in the minor leagues. He'll start at AAA and sometime around, you know, mid-May, late May, if, if he's doing what he's done at every other level, he'll be up here. But Mike Elias, quick in the offseason to say, don't be surprised if he's here on opening day. And I think part of it is what you said, that you don't have to hide guys anymore for a month and a half, service time, and now you got a chance. If your guy finishes, what is it, in the top two or three for rookie of the year, you get compensated for that? That's, yeah. that's, that, that's, a, that's a pretty good deal. And I'll tell you one other last thing about Holiday. I'm not saying this year at all, but down the road, uh, I talked to Omar Minaya when the Mets thought they had a chance at drafting Holiday, you know, before he uh-huh. zoomed up to be number one. The Mets were drafting, I think, eight or nine that year. And I said, if he had to, could he play center field? He goes in a heartbeat. So it's just yeah, he's, he's got a lot of, of versatility yeah. there. Scott, yeah, I, yeah, really I, appreciate, I really appreciate right, uh, uh, you coming on, and I'm looking forward to competing with you again in the Crab Cake League, all right? All right, buddy. All Good right. chatting with you. All right, Take always care. a pleasure. All right, there's Scott Garceau, and let's give this a different uh, try here. Pressbox's Project Game Day returns for the division round playoff matchup. After the game, join Glenn, Rita, Femi Ayan, Badejo, KZ, Josh Charles, and the crew to discuss what went down. You can watch the show at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or at youtube.com slash pressbox online. Project Game Day is brought to you by AJ Michaels, Superbook Sports, and helpmygamblingproblem.org. When we get back, we will be joined by uh, Bo Smoka. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. 
fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria. A.J. Michaels, Heating and Air Conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. The latest edition of PressBox is available now, and it's our very special annual best of issue. On the cover, we celebrate Orioles manager Brandon Hyde as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and the Orioles as our Team of the Year. With Stan the Fan Charles and Glenn Clark sitting down with Hyde to discuss his role in creating the culture that defined the Orioles' magic season. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2023. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Ravens, Terps, and O's at PressBoxOnline.com. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Sure. Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out BuyAToyota.com for deals on new Toyota. Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right. Uh, we're about to be hooked up, uh, hopefully, with our friend uh, Bo Smolka, who is uh, making it, uh, making his way back from Indiana uh, to Maryland on a train. Um, are, you, are you there? Uh, Bo's, Bo's not with us yet, but okay. yeah, I mean, yeah, as as you mentioned, uh, he he's coming back right now. His service might be a little, uh, lo- little, uh, little spotty, so I'll I'll try to give him a give him a try in a, another minute or so here. Okay. And we'll see if we can uh, try to try to contact Bo. If not, you know, we will uh, survive. We we will uh, we, what we will adapt and we will uh, we 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 will carry on. We'll as they say. Uh, advance and survive. Survive and advance. Survive and advance. Yeah, there it is. That's what there we'll do. Yeah. Hey, I just wanted to remind everybody, because this is kind of big news uh, here. It's a special thing that really got its uh, root about six months ago when we did a cover story on the late Tony Saragusa and the efforts of his children, uh, Sammy, his daughter, uh, and his son, who I, I apologize, I don't know his first name, but um, to, to continue uh, Tony's um, Goose Flight Foundation, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. But I just wanted to, it's a big deal because this week, Pressbox is urging you to drink a beer or two in honor of Tony Siragusa starting Monday, January 15th. And actually, it's going to be available 
probably tomorrow or Sunday at some of the locations. Guilford Hall Brewery is releasing Goose Flights, a delicious lager to support Goose's medical transportation jet company. As many of you know, the Goose Flight Foundation, now run by Tony's Kids, charitably flies needy patients to emergency treatment. You can buy Goose Flight Lager exclusively at Glory Days Grill or Guilford Hall Brewery. Two bucks off of every purchase goes to the cause. Raise a glass to Tony and support this great foundation. Go to PressBoxOnline.com to learn all about it. Toast the late Tony Saragusa with Goose Flight Lager from Guilford Hall Brewery and support the Goose Flights Foundation mission. Available starting this Monday at Guilford Hall Brewery and at all Maryland Glory Days Grill locations. Go to PressBoxOnline.com to learn more. All right. Uh, one thing before we uh, attempt to get in touch with Mr. Uh, Smolka again is uh, Maryland got a uh, much-needed uh, win in the Big Ten last night. It was a home game against Michigan. Uh, Maryland improved their record to, I believe, it was 10-6 and six overall. Maryland is not an easy watch by any means uh, for sports fans out there. Um, they, sh- they shoot the ball very poorly. Uh, they defend pretty well. Uh, they'll rebound pretty well. But um, this is, this is a, an ugly team to watch. Uh, and I, I wouldn't expect, uh, uh, Griffin, if you, if you asked Coach Kevin Willard, boy, do you get really depressed watching this team, he's going to go, that's my guys. You know, yeah. uh, those are my guys. I'm out there coaching. Yeah, I'm happy to have them back. But that is one ugly team to watch. Yeah, they've uh, they, it is certainly they have not uh, really lived up to expectations. The, the their their three freshmen have not really performed uh, anywhere ter- ter- near terrible. I mean, they yeah. were they and weren't they like a top fifteen recruiting class? Those uh, three that, guys that sounds right to me. I mean, but yeah, they, they were very high expectations for for all of them. They have all shot. I mean, you mentioned it. The the only, it seems like the only guy that can shoot on a consistent consistent basis right now is is Jameer Young. Um, and so when a team takes him away, uh, you know, they, they fare pretty well. Um, it was, I mean, it's hard to call it an impressive win, but, you know, they were down by, what, 12 at halftime? No question and, about uh, it. I was came, shocked. Came I went to half. take a shower, and all of a sudden I saw, like, 20 minutes later, Maryland was up up 58-51 to 51 with, like, four yeah. minutes to go. I go, they got this. And then they didn't score a point for, like, three minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it is, uh, it's, it's a... Uh, Kind of, it, it it's is a work a, in progress. It's, pulling to teeth. Say it's, it's like pulling teeth. It uh, is. Watch Maryland play you right know, now. The late great Paul Baker. I don't know if you know that name, but he was a local basketball legend as a coach and a commentator. He used to call certain type of games a taffy pull, and that game last night was a taffy pull. It was just a, and what was really frustrating, I know they don't have a world of shooting talent. But Dante Scott last year, the last two years, was a pretty darn good shot from outside. Um, yeah, it felt that way. I mean, it, it, it felt like he would miss. I, I mean, obviously most basketball players miss more than they make, but it would feel like he, he would miss a lot of shots. But it felt like, you know, when you needed it, he could come, he could through, come through with, with a big, big shot. With a yeah. big shot. Uh, he, he did, you know, to his credit, but, the second but, half yet last night, he did start hitting some shots uh, when but, they needed it. But him, last so. night in that period I'm talking about, when they really had the game where they could have put it on ice – 
All of a sudden, oh, they yeah. they had two two or three possessions where they didn't get a shot off. Yeah, it was uh, it was tough to. I I know Robbie Hummel mentioned it on the on the broadcast. I think uh, you know why are you going to have two guys? Because what they had Jordan Geronimo and and Deshaun Harris. Geronimo looked like he the concept of shooting the ball was something he'd never heard of. <laughs> he took one shot uh, last night. Yeah. Jordan Geronimo did. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's been uh, it it has been a uh, it has been tough. It, it it's also I mean they're playing with essentially a six man lineup right now. Um, you know, because I, you know, the, the they had five guys play thirty minutes, and then Geronimo played eighteen. Everybody else played, you know, four minutes from do Noah Bachelor. Do you think Don Lamoth played two minutes last night? Like, you know, do you think this is as much a a a, a net result of poor recruiting or the NIL function down at Maryland in basketball terms has not really kicked into gear yet? Ah. <sighs> Maybe, yeah, maybe that's a that's a fair point. I didn't really think about that too much. I mean, much they weren't because, even in the because hunt. on paper that guy, uh, what's his name, that's at Kansas that went from uh, Michigan, Hunter Dickinson. Yeah. Hunter Dickinson, he would have been a perfect player for Maryland last year, yeah. at least to be in the hunt for. Right. Yeah, and it, that was you know it was pretty clear you know there was going to be almost no shot that yeah. you know, Maryland was going to land him. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean that's a fair point because their big transfer was uh, Jordan Geronimo, I guess, uh, who came from Indiana, I think. Um, the, there's an, there was another guy, uh, Chance Stevens. He tra- he would have came from uh, Loyola Marymount, I believe. He got injured in the preseason. He's not gonna be. He's not gonna play all this year. Right. Um. Uh. So he would have. You would have uh, assumed that he would have helped a little bit. Um. You know, in terms of the shooting. Uh. But yeah, I mean, just the, the it's just kind of uh the combination of all three of these touted freshmen that they had come in, and and none of them have uh have really stepped up to this point. Um. You know. I guess Deshaun Harris-Smith did finish with 10 points. You, it, the guys kind of got it, pulled it together in the second half last night, which, you know, credit credit to Kevin Willard for that, for, for making the adjustments they needed to make. They they stuck with the, the full-court press because Michigan looked like they were cutting up that press pretty good in the first half. Uh, in the second half, it started to pay uh, dividends for them. All right. Uh, you're listening to the Glenn Clark Radio Show. It's uh, appearing like we're not going to be able to yeah, make, yeah. Uh, make uh, our connections with yeah. Uh, both just in a bad up. area right now. And, yeah, you know it. You know we will. We no, will, Indiana's we will live, a uh, bad area. The whole state, the entire state, uh, moving east is in a bad area yeah. for a while. You yeah, know? Uh, you know if you get through Ohio. When you get back to certain parts of Pennsylvania, you're back in back civilization. civilization. Yeah, 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 definitely. Ohio, try to yeah. avoid at all costs. So, Personally. So what are we going to talk about? Are we going to talk about the Yankees signing Marcus Stroman? We can, we can talk about that. I mean, you know, does does that move mean anything to you? Uh, look, does it change anything? It's, it's, a, it's not a game changer. We don't know if it's a game changer. I mean, you know, he was pretty darn good his first it's a 80, 90 innings last year. If the I Orioles think- had made this move, we would have. I would have been pretty happy. I, I would have been reasonably happy with a Marcus Stroman. Yeah. I would have thought that that would, I thought that would have have a chance to be much better than Kyle Gibson in terms of performance. Although, again, what Scott Gosso presented to us, Kyle Gibson at this point in his career, what you get out of him is pretty much a given. What you got out of Marcus Stroman last year was two different pitchers. First you know, three months of the season. I think he had a 2.2 ERA last year. Stroman. Stroman. Yeah, that sounds that sounds. And then right. the second half of the year, I think it was in the fives or something like that. Wasn't even the same, the same pitcher. So you wonder, he threw 140 innings for the Cubs last year. You, I'd, I'd question whether the Yankees will get that much out of him this year. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, it seems like I mean, you know, I mentioned Jordan Montgomery with 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 uh, Scott, and uh, you know, it seems like this deal, the Stroman deal, might be similar to what we'd see with the Montgomery deal. And you know, do you see any chance that the Orioles would offer a two-year, thirty-six million dollar, thirty-seven million dollar contract to, to to Montgomery? Yeah, to Montgomery yeah, or, that or won't, any that won't even be in the Montgomery or who? I'm sorry, or anyone in that. Uh, I don't think there's anyone that's too, out that's there. Just too high. I don't think there's anyone out there that would accept that. You know, I mean, I, I take okay. it back. There's nobody that I would want. Yeah, if I could get Montgomery at two years at thirty-six million, he's hunting in the one, the the one seventy-five to two hundred. Uh, oh, he million wants a dollars. massive. Okay, yeah, right. he's, right. he's and he's he's pitched well enough. He pitched well enough in St. Louis to to put really some well egg down on, the stretch. For, yeah, he put some egg on the face of Brian Cashman, and you wonder if. Uh, Part of that, that whole deal there, where it, you know that he's playing such hardball with the Yankees, is hey, you had me, you know, you had me at hello, and you you kind of blew it, uh, and they're afraid to sort of get egg on their face by going backwards and paying somebody. So they are apparently at least more than kicking the tires. They've made an offer to Blake Snell. It's not an offer that's been accepted at this point. But uh, they're gonna. There's a good chance that they will sign one of the two of them. Now, I was listening to Eduardo Perez today on the um, leadoff spot with Steve Phillips, and he's of the opinion that the Cubs are gonna sign uh, Jordan Montgomery. That they're gonna come and swoop in and that, uh... take Montgomery. I would think that Snell then would be between the Phillies, the Yankees. And the Giants, that's who I think. Uh, and the, the, the Angels are there, but the Angels are there for, like, sort of fodder to, to raise the price on the other mm-hmm. teams. Um, let me just start throwing out some of these uh, older free agents out there that, you know. Yeah, you can. Henjin Ryu, how do you feel about him? Um, <clears throat> how many innings did he pitch last year? About uh, 75 innings? That may even be on the high mark. I know he definitely was dealing with injuries well, he was coming back yeah, from Tommy John's surgery, and he's now thirty-eight. Uh, yes, he will be thirty-seven uh, in March. So he'll this will be his age thirty-seven season. Um, he pitched fifty-two innings 52 last season. I, I, you know, if I could sign him to a one-year seven point five five million dollars with five million dollars in in uh, Spotrac is valuing him around eight million right now. Yeah, so a I would not even like to give up eight guaranteed. I'd give him five with a with some incentives, makeable incentives like uh, you know first seventy five innings you get another two million dollars. You know two million dollars. I'd I'd let him make ten million dollars if he if he makes the mark. But to give him eight and guarantee it, and then move on and say, well, we we uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, he probably isn't going to be be worth it unless you moved him to a bullpen role. Just because the, the most innings he's pitched in a season is 182. That was his his uh, All Star season in 2019. Uh, then there was 169 innings in 2021 and 126 in 2017. Right. Those are the three times he's gone uh, over 100 yeah. innings pitched. So he's just not look. If, if if Mike Elias put a spin on it and signed him. And said, "Hey, and they knew something that hey, he's going to be back to where he can give us 140 innings. His those innings are are potentially of a high quality. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't scoff at it. 
but he's not somebody I'm really shopping for. He's not like a secret guy that I've got out there that I've had hidden away. Right. You know, and I don't think he's hidden away on Mike Elias' uh, shopping list either. Alex Wood is out there. I, I've always been an Alex Wood fan because I... Well, today's I, his I, birthday. Today is his, yeah, birthday. today is his birthday. Is there any chance you could get him on the show? <laughs> or is he traveling with Bo Smoka? There's a, ch- there's a good chance he might be. He yeah, might he's be. He's out there in middle America, you know, <laughs> uncontactable. <laughs> right, uncontactable. He's an, he's, he's an interesting guy, Alex Wood. He's always had a very sneaky, uh, herky-jerky delivery that I find difficult to pick up, and I would think as a hitter, uh, they'd be uh, he'd be hard to pick up, but he seems like he's got that little shuttle going on between the Dodgers and the Giants, uh, yeah. and it wouldn't shock me if he's not an insurance policy at five million dollars for the Dodgers this year before all is said and done. Uh, I skipped over uh, Julio Arias and Clayton Kershaw. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, I would of course have d- deep interest in Clayton Kershaw. Um, I'd need to know more about when he's coming back, and I hear that's roughly mid-season. You know, if I'm looking for somebody that could give me 75 to 90 innings next year of a high quality and perhaps be ready to give you a big postseason, you know, meaning that he's you're not resting all of your chips in the basket, you know, on Clayton Kershaw to be great – but to be part of something, uh, playoff time, I would be excited to have Clayton Kershaw in a Baltimore Oriole uniform. I don't think it will happen because yeah. I think if he leaves the Dodgers, which I don't think he will, it'll be the Texas Rangers that uh, would yeah, scarf that, him up. That uh, that does that sounds about right. Is there uh, anybody else out there that, that interests you? Uh, Mike Clevenger is available. Yeah. He's, I have know. more concerns about Clevenger, the person than I do Clevenger, the pitcher. I like Clevenger, the pitcher, what he could bring you. He would be a sneaky guy to me. If if Mike Elias suddenly announced um, a two-year, you know, one-year deal for 11 or $12 million and an option for a second year at, say, $16 million, um, I, Mike Clevenger is not a bad get. I'll call us Carrasco. I'm not interested in Carrasco at this point. And I mean, this is just kind of where we are at this point. You yeah. know, there's not. This is. It's. It's going to be a guy where I guess if the Orioles sign yeah. one of these guys, and, you're going to be like, and all I right, didn't mean good, to. But, I didn't but, mean to ignore you on Julio Urias. Uh, I mean, I'm not interested in him. Um, uh, I'd probably have, and I know this is because I predicted he would never pitch again in Major League Baseball. You you throw me. You throw me, and and you got all the legal problems out of the way, because I understand a little bit what went on with uh, Trevor Bauer. Uh, he made a terrible, terrible decision that somehow, because something might be technically legal and consensual, that yeah. that would that's going to fly as a major league baseball player. Um, but that's something that people like he and Aaron Rodgers get away with all the time. You know, I mean, you look at this Aaron Rodgers thing. It's absolutely absurd that he can't say the words, I, you know, say, some, say something to the effect, look, Jimmy Kimmel took a shot at me. I pissed me off, so I've taken shots at him before. 
I crossed the line here with this thing. I in no way meant in any way, shape, or form that he was really on some type of list as a pedophile right. in the Jeffrey Epstein. And instead, he's got this, the, the same way he handled the, the, the thing the with the vaccine thing, thing yeah. Yeah. that he was right about how he said it. Did you have any thoughts yesterday on the fact that on Wednesday, um, what's his name, the host of the show, uh, uh, guy making all the money, Pat McAfee, yeah, making all the money, says he wasn't he wasn't going to come on the show again this year, and sort of said I'm kind of glad at that, and then the next day. He's on the show again. Yeah, I mean, I think he only had him on for like a minute or so. I think that was to, that oh, was really. Like, yeah, I think he only had him on. Like he literally was like, "Oh, what do you think about Bill retiring or not retiring? You know, parting ways with right, uh, with right. the Patriots." And uh, oh, and then he's moved yeah, on. Yeah, and then so. moved on. They just said, "All right, thanks, Aaron." <laughs> <laughs> like I think he just wanted to be like, "See, no, you know, we can have him on whenever we want." I guess right. was his point. I don't know. Right. right. Um, uh, help him complete the uh, uh, get him one step closer to completing the AL East carousel. Uh, Corey Kluber. Not not interested, not interested in Mr. Kluber. Loved him as a pitcher in his, in his heyday. He was a great... Last season, not last pitcher. season, 2022, he pitched 160 innings with uh, Tampa. And what was his ERA in... In Tampa? or la- Last year, he was terrible. He was yeah, terrible. last year, he was with the Red Sox. Yeah, that he was, was terrible. Seven seven oh four ERA in 55 innings. That's not good. No, it's not. Yeah. What was it the year before? With Tampa, it was 4-3-4 in 164 innings. That's, that's Kyle Gibson. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe even well, more innings. You can hope, I tell you but. something? Now that you mention it, if if he came into camp on a minor league deal, but but you you were honest with him. Look, we don't know. We got to see what you got. And he was going to make up with one of your starters. Yeah, yeah. He he wouldn't be bad organizational depth because again, his upside now is being Kyle Gibson, and yeah. that's not a great upside. <laughs> But it's not a horrible upside. I'm essentially just saying, I mean, these are all the same guys at this point. Uh, James Paxton. Just, uh, you know, you question, you got James Paxton on the team and John Means. Why do I need another one? Uh, Michael Lorenzen. I have some interest in Michael Lorenzen. You know, I, again, they point to the fact that he threw the no-hitter in Philadelphia. And he was and awful, then after, he was that. awful yeah. after that. But... You know, I think he's, I think he's decent. I think he's decent. I'll tell you though, what I was alluding to with Scott, if I had, say, ten million dollars to spend on pitching this year, I'm still looking at Robert Stevenson out there. Again, Scott can say what he wants, and everybody can say what they want. I'm not concerned that Danny. I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not of the opinion that because he had a good year last year that Danny Colome is going to come back and have that type of season. I'm not convinced that Yenier Cano is going to be anywhere near what he was last year. Uh, and I think the one area that this team, while Stevenson and D.L. Hall are not closers, I think that next year if you added a Robert Stevenson to the team – you'd have guys that could come in on those days where you, you realize you need the win, but you need to, to give Kimbrell a blow. Yeah, you, Hall and, and Stevenson could give you saves. 
I think Stevenson would be invaluable to the team next year. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely be open to any sort of reliever uh, depth or, yeah. or any sort of reliever move that they make. I mean, we've we've seen it. They pull these guys out of the thin air. Danny Coulomb, Yanir Cano, Jacob Webb. We talked about it with Scott. You yeah. know, like the it, it is. Uh, I I am at the point where I will trust anything that the Orioles decide to do yeah. uh, in terms of. Uh, I'm not real keen management. on. I I, I have to admit, I liked Webb early in the year. I picked him up when he was yeah. with the Angels on my fantasy mm. team. Uh, and had him for about three weeks, and all of a sudden I went, eh, he yeah, scares and me I don't, a little I don't bit. even necessarily mean, you know, Jacob Webb makes it to May, but, right. like, but you know, I, I would assume I they can I find another guy that they can. I hope he make it to April. <laughs> I, I hope he, and I hope Brian Baker does not make the team this year. Um, But, but my point being, you know, that I, I, I'm willing to ride with them, you know, a guy for two months, and then, you know, yeah. kick, him, kick him out, and you find another guy that you can ride for a month and a half. And, I, I uh, really have come around to the opinion, and look, I could be wrong, and maybe that's part of the waiting game that Mike Elias is playing, that hopefully that Chris gets in Chicago with the White Sox or Peter Bendix get tired of, you know, get nervous that they're not hearing from Mike Elias and suddenly we get a trade for Dylan Cease or, or Jesus Lazardo. I'm of the opinion that the, the Orioles have kind of felt out the price on those players and they're not comfortable paying it. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, we're pretty much to the bottom. I mean, we're at, we're guys that aren't going to scratch the rotation. Cueto, Granky, Rich Hill are out there. Not I've loved Rich Hill for much of his career. It's a shame that he wasn't better when he was an Oriole. Uh, he was transitioning into really learning how to pitch because he became a really solid pitcher for the Red Sox, A's, and Dodgers, yeah. everybody but the Orioles, uh, but have no interest in him at this point in time. Last two, Jake Odorizzi, Zach Davies. Um. Glenn has pointed out the the problem with Davies is he's not a great guy. Yeah, not a great guy. Same thing, like, you know, not like legally, you know, nothing. He's not in any legal issues, yeah, it seems. Just but, moral, yeah, just moral yeah. questions. Uh, have no interest in Jake Odorizzi at this point. Uh, too sketchy, his body of work now. That's like a right-handed James Paxton uh, on steroids, almost. So, I mean... There's at this point the rotation seems to be what we think it's going to be with the Orioles. I th- I think there's a pretty good chance unless and it's I, a and trade. I, and I would agree. I would agree that I would agree with uh, the couple people we had on Kyle Gibson being one of them, uh, John Smoltz being one of them. I think Tyler Wells now goes into spring training as a starting pitcher. That, um, that, that the yeah, club is. I would be happy that with the that. club is sitting there going, "Hey, we made decent offers." We were willing to give up a, a nice chunk, but we're, we've got Tyler Wells who can give us. We know we can get through innings. the first uh, yeah. seventy-five to one hundred innings out of him of highfalutin uh, and starting. They'll just take those one hundred innings, and you know when they get to that benchmark, they'll just figure it out from there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe um, at that time, Cade Povich or somebody else in the organization has uh, cropped up. You know. So your with, trade, your number one trade target would be Jesus Lazardo. My number one trade target would be Lazardo. My I say go one get Logan f- Gilbert. Figure it out. I w- if Logan Gilbert's out available, I don't see him. why I mean, he'd be available. He I, keeps popping up. I mean, everybody that talks yeah. about you know top <laughs> trade. Well, I would love block. to have Logan. There's no question. I would put would Logan it? Gilbert higher than Dylan yeah. Cease. Yeah. Uh, Lazardo's my number one guy, uh, but I'd be very happy if all of a sudden they shocked us all and signed Robert Stevenson. 
which unfortunately I don't think they will, but he's been sitting out there an awful long time. Jordan Hicks is supposedly the Astros are. Astros and the Yankees are honing in on uh, on those uh, guys. Yeah, I wouldn't be against Jordan Hicks. I'm not sure how, how expensive he, he'll be, but uh, but yeah. I he's going to be about $15 million a year, I think. Hicks, yeah, it seems like they like probably three, three or four years. Won't 15. go higher than what they already did with Kimbrell. Um, we can go ahead and take a break. We can continue this conversation on uh, the other side. All right, we're going to do that. Uh, right now, I'm going to tell folks about the Toyota Tacoma. It comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Toyotas from your local Toyota dealer today. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, the Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org hotels. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Jeremy Kahn here. The ultimate sports betting experience in Maryland is at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook. Join me at either location in Canton or in Towson and place your bets in person and be a part of the action. It's the best in-class sports wagering experience complete with the ultimate TV package, ensuring you can catch every game all day, every day. Their state-of-the-art facilities bring Las Vegas energy right here to Maryland just in time for postseason football. So visit the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson and elevate your game day experience and hang out with me to bet, watch, and win at the Turtle. 
Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for PressBox fantasy football analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your waiver wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? We are back on GCR, Stan the Fan, Griffin Bass uh, handling the ones and the twos here. Uh, That means he's producing and pushing all the right buttons. And joining us uh, from uh, his home in Bradenton, Florida, Uh, he's from the Florida Prospects Report, and he'll be doing some stuff with PressBox all summer long and and, and in the weeks leading up to uh, the season. We're being joined right now by my friend Eric Garfield. Eric, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good, Stan. Good morning. Good morning to you, and I thank you for uh, uh, working with us. Uh, It's been a rough couple uh, 10 days for me uh, getting over COVID, but hopefully by next week we'll get ready to start on those Thursday night Zooms, all right? Okay, sounds good. All right. How you doing? Good? I'm very good. Uh, It's a little chilly in Friday, or it's a little chilly in Sarasota, but... uh... I'm following a lot of high school basketball, so there's two games for me to choose from tonight. Are they local games? They are local. Uh, Sarasota and Bradenton, and uh, spending this year not coaching, kind of just watching, uh-huh. there's a lot more talent down here than uh, than I realized. A-, a-, a lot. Some of it is really very exciting. Do you think uh, Kevin Willard realizes it? Is it that kind of talent, like national kind of talent? As a matter of fact, yeah, most of the upperclassmen are probably not Big Ten types, uh-huh. but there's more than a handful of ninth and tenth graders that could play uh, play in the Big Ten. Certainly, look like Power Five types, even though they're fourteen and fifteen years old. Okay, that's a that's a good way to uh, handle some idle time for you down there. I and, I, I agree. That's yeah, why I'm doing it. Yeah. And, and get knowledgeable in that field as well because uh, you certainly know the baseball prospects pretty well. It's been kind of a fluke circumstances that led that led to that because you were a businessman in South in, in Sarasota, Florida, running the Baltimore Snowball Company, uh, which was the Oriole concessionaire uh, for snowballs. And you had your own little you know bricks and mortar place and you're doing a lot of parties and then you had that, uh, that terrible accident, and it led you into a whole different world. Tell us a little bit about how you transitioned into just starting to follow all this uh, minor league talent down there, and the timing couldn't have been better because it wasn't like you were following the uh, – uh, God, I want to use a bad organization, the um, – the, uh, Athletics. The, the athletic, Colorado Rockies. Yeah, the Rockies. Okay, it wasn't like you were following the Rockies. You were following right. a team that was – about to set its course on being the number one farm system in baseball? My uh, early stages of my physical recovery after the accident, there was not a lot that I could do. And I am one of those exercise people uh, like Baltimoreans would know, uh, like Mark Viviano, someone that's always running, someone that's always moving, always using their time to exercise. So I'm one of those people not being able to do it was very frustrating. Uh, my home in Sarasota was very close to the Orioles spring training stadium. And my doctor said, if I wanted to, I could walk there. So I walked there several times a day 
And one day I saw Gunnar Henderson and Daryl Hernandez in the infield. And I was like, wait a second, these guys are very special. And that's kind of what started me paying attention at a moderately obsessive level to the Orioles uh, system. So let me start with a, with a potential negative. I'm still okay. a believer in Cole Irvin, but you mentioned okay. Daryl Hernandez. Is mm-hmm. is that going to go down as one of the worst trades in club history? I mean, is he going to be a really solid uh, major league player for the A's? Mm, uh, I don't think the Orioles are going to win that trade. I do think that Daryl is going to play in the major leagues and have a career. Uh, I, I do actually think that Cole Irvin is going to somehow contribute this yeah, season do, and potentially I, next. But I, I, I really think the trade that's going to end up looking worse is Jack Flaherty for three prospects to the Cardinals. The Orioles didn't get a lot of use out of Flaherty at all, and the Cardinals have three chances to turn that trade into a productive player. I, I think they're going to with at least one of them, Drew Rahm, Zach Showalter. Or Cesar Prieto, that's a little bit worse. Which guy are you most concerned is going to put egg on Michael Elias's face? Is it the young pitcher Showalter? It is. Yep. Yeah. I, I see him before he really changes and goes through from his like late teenage to adult growth spurt. He already looks like he's got an outstanding pitcher's frame, a very, very athletic, repeatable delivery, and great stuff. I would not have traded him for Jack Flaherty under any condition. It looks like uh, Showalter was an excellent draft pick, yep. and the Car- the Cardinals system is going to turn him into something good. Okay. Well, you know, look, not every trade's going to work out well, and I agree with you. I think that, I think Cole Irvin's going to be a little bit of a surprise this year. I, I think I'd feel comfortable pro- yep. projecting him to win somewhere in the 8 to 11 wins and, and give the club – Maybe 130 innings, 125 innings, somewhere in there that he's going to be a, a useful piece of the of the rotation this year. We'll see. I agree with that. I, I agree. I think I think we're going to get something out of him and be able to use him this year and potentially next year. Hey, let me throw you a question that I wouldn't have had when I woke up this morning for you, but it's it's become kind of I, I wouldn't say Michael Elias will never go public on the fact that he's a little pissed off at Chris Getz, the GM of the White Sox, or Peter Bendix because of the asks, because they have the right to ask for whatever they want to ask for. I get the sense that he sort of said, you know what, guys, we've given you your, 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 your the offers we're willing to talk about. If you want to get back to us, fine. If not, we'll, we'll make do. Um and I'm looking at a couple options midsummer this year. Chase McDermott, uh, Co- uh, Povich, uh, what's Povich's? Cade um, Povich, Cade Povich, Chase McDermott, and Seth Johnson. What are the chances at least one of them could give the club this year, say, 60 to 80 innings in the major leagues of, of quality baseball? Well, that's a very specific question, and I agree that one or two of them could do exactly that. I think the the innings threshold that you laid out is probably doable by all three of them, which is a good sign for the Orioles and their system. 
but one of them is going to emerge from the group. I, I have no rhyme or reason. I would say maybe Seth Johnson, who was as low yeah. as the FCL last year, he would be the one that I would I would probably choose. But when the Orioles system gets criticized for having a lack of pitching, those are the names that come to mind first. Interesting, because I see, I, I and I know, you know, Seth Johnson and McDermott both acquired, and we'll, we'll give Mike Elias uh, a little, we'll give him his chops when he deserves them, and we'll g- give him a bop, a, a negative bop or two Absolutely. when he makes a trade like he did the, the Flaherty deal. But Seth Johnson and Chase McDermott both came back to him in that uh, Trey Mancini deal, which obviously, the, you know, we're big Trey, Trey Mancini fans. We don't hear his name even mentioned this year coming back. So the Orioles really actually got a lot out of that deal, didn't they? Absolutely. And and like you just said, you know, being a GM or being a front office uh, executive in baseball is pretty hard because your mistakes are magnified and your successes are kind of expected. Um it seems that Trey almost fell off a cliff and his major league career is undetermined. And that basically happened as he got to uh, Chicago. So, you know, for, for the times that will criticize and question Michael Elias for this one, he deserves a pat on the back. And going back to your, your question about the White Sox and dealing with them, I, I really don't know how Elias in the front office is going to handle any particular negotiations. But I do know that they started talking about Cease last season during the trading deadline. So there's certainly a possibility that our front office is kind of exhausted with the the pace and the lack of moving forward. So they might have said, you know what, you're not getting our good prospects. You're not getting our bad prospects. The Cease market is what it is because of you, and you can deal with, with another organization. I, I hope that's not true, but it's certainly possible. Well, keep in mind one thing, that when we started dealing with them, they still had a different general manager and team president in com- command. Now they've got Chris Getz in his first year's GM, and I'm sure he wants to make – he's done a lot of sensible, small little moves that I, that I actually like. But when I started hearing – that the Orioles were willing to talk about Kowser and Kerstad, and he kept throwing the name Kobe Mayo in. Uh, that's where I'm part and company. I, I, two years may seem like an eternity to me, but I'm not giving up Kobe Mayo in a trade where my likelihood of re-signing that guy for a, you know a five-year deal after that don't don't appear to be great at this point in time. And Stan, that is one of the reasons why you and I are boys. We are not trading Kobe Mayo for anything less than a truly elite number one. And Dylan Cease is an excellent pitcher. I don't want to take a shot at him. But in terms of value, uh, I'll take Kobe Mayo's actual career or the, the beginning of it over a handful of starts and a playoff possibility of, of Dylan Cease. That's that's not going to work with GM Eric. Nope. <laughs> hey, hey, Eric. Uh, Griffin, it's nice to meet you. Um, uh, would you trade uh, Kobe Mayo for or some sort of package for Logan Gilbert? Okay. Now we're getting okay. towards the possibilities where it's slightly more acceptable. I certainly want Gilbert's career more than uh, Dylan Cease's 
next two seasons and potentially more. But again, I'm depending on what the other pieces are, I'm going to bet on Kobe being uh, the Orioles' next dynamic, either third baseman, first baseman, or as we'll see uh, a little bit this year, maybe even a corner outfielder. He's one of the prospects that I've trusted and believed in for a long time, and he's given me uh, no reason not to. On the other hand, Gilbert is a prospect that I most certainly trust, and I, I have friends that work in the Seattle organization. They're, they're very, very excited about him. It's close, but it's 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 not enough. Good question, though. Um, what do you think of the player that the Orioles drafted number one last year, Enrique Bradfield Jr.? Do you think he's a his speed really sets him apart and makes him a unique player? Oh, uh, or is man, it too my, soon? My or is it too me. soon for you to tell? No, 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 no. I've seen, I've seen plenty. I've seen him play. I was at my friend's uh, house the other night. He's a video coordinator for another organization. We watched all of Bradfield's at bats, all of them, and all of his times on base. We even timed him from first to second. His speed is for for the sport of baseball. It is ridiculous. There's an excellent chance that he could be the fastest mover in the entire sport, minors and majors. But then you look at does that really have value on a more or less station-to-station team? Then you have to look at where he was picked. It's kind of high. Then you have to look at, does he make consistent contact? And if yes, where does it go? And how hard does it get there for him to use his speed? These are a lot of ifs and a lot of specifics. Uh, I, my friends kind of laid out a scenario that the Orioles will be improved, maybe even go to the playoffs, and when rosters expand, if you are just dying for that stolen base in the playoffs when Austin Hayes gets a double and you've got to have that runner at third, there might not be anyone better to do that than Bradfield. But then again, do you pick that player at, at 17 so early? So so right now there's a lot of information, a lot of data, but it looks to me that that might not be the best use of draft capital at number 17 because right now, you have so many ifs. One one more question about Bradfield. If you needed if you needed somebody if if Cedric Mullins got hurt this year, and I don't think Cedric Mullins is necessarily an Oriole the next five years or something like that, but if suddenly this year he got hurt for two or three weeks, is Bradfield's defense good enough alone along with that speed component that he could he could have a short stint in the major leagues and not embarrass himself and hurt you? Absolutely, yes. And that's that's the part of the equation that might make the other side moot. If he's the fastest mover in the entire sport and offers a better-than-elite glove at a difficult position, well, then you know what? You, you might have something smart at 17. I'd probably honestly be inclined right now if that scenario happened mm-hmm. to, to, to use Kowser. But after a couple camps, after the exhibition season, Bradfield's game might be at that level where, where he actually might be defensively ready. Yeah. Um, let me ask you a question. I know you, you haven't been at this for 10, 15 years. You know, you're relatively new at this in the last three to four years. Do you? It, do you ever 
do you see a sense where Mike Elias should be going, geez, whiz, I got so many guys here, you know, Norby, we haven't even mentioned Norby and Ortiz, who would be top five prospects in other organizations, that there's so many prospects that I'm going to bury some of them and I'm not going to get true value out of them. Are, is there ever a sense that you've got that going on? Uh, I would say it's it's hard to ignore that possibility because there are so many good draft picks and there are so many not good draft picks that have been maximized and developed that, yes, it does look like there might be a couple guys who, when they reach their their peak of being able to contribute, the highest they will have reached is double or triple A. And it's not their fault. It's because the population they're in features so many talented yeah. guys at the top of the depth chart. Norby is is an excellent player. He added to his resume last <clears throat> year by going from a top-level second baseman to a very trustworthy left fielder. And nobody talks about him at all. If they do, it's he's the Orioles' number one trade piece. What yeah. team or what organization is his career going to start with? I feel very differently for the Orioles at second base. He's the top of their organizational depth depth chart. So he he it, it it makes me somewhat frustrated to think about it. But these guys being good players and being ready to contribute and ending their developmental track at AAA seems like a, 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 a certain potential hazard that we have to look out for. Yeah, good. Another very excellent question. Um, so, uh, my question, uh, Eric was going to be, you know, is there one prospect that, you know, you think the, that the, uh, Orioles could, they should definitely avoid. There's one prospect that you would be very, very, uh, disappointed if, if you saw them trade, maybe a guy, maybe a guy that, you know, not everyone knows about more like than below, Mayo, more than Mayo, yeah, more than Mayo. So okay. maybe a guy below like the triple a level, like uh, you mentioned Zach Sherwalter, uh, definitely not be worth it. Not definitely not being worth it in a uh, Flaherty deal. Is there, is there another guy that you would be extremely disappointed to see the Orioles part ways with, uh, in the, in the lower levels of, uh, of the farm league right now? Absolutely. Yes, there is. And, 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 and that's an excellent question. This is somebody that I tracked from the Dominican, watched their whole lower minors career, and knew they would be supreme top level. I, I, I was right about that. That's catcher Samuel Basayo, who might, and in some scouting services and rankings, is the Orioles' number one prospect right behind Holiday. And uh, I did notice... Because um, a little, like I said, obsessive. I did notice that Sam was not invited to the Orioles caravan, which makes me a little bit nervous. Uh, it would be a great opportunity for him to meet his fans and supporters. But this is an, a player, a hitter especially, who has the hands and wrists of a very high average hitter, a very high contact type hitter who drives the ball to all fields, high exit velocities, super, super power. So, and he's, he's a true catcher. He can probably stay behind the plate unless he outgrows it because his best overall baseball skill is throwing. So if Sam ended up a, a Met or a Diamondback or a Philly and we had to watch that, you'd be it pissed. Would give me a migraine every time. <laughs> Where will he play this year, Basayo? Bowie to start? Yeah, I think out of camp, he's going to show enough people 
that even though he's 19, double A is going to be the type of challenge that he's going to be able to handle. He is an outstanding prospect. You talk about other guys being in the top. Any other team, he's their number one. They're one. Mm -hmm. He's an outstanding player. We cannot trade him if any Orioles executives are listening. Last question I have for you today, and by the way, again, we're talking with Eric Garfield from Florida Prospects Report. Uh, He's going to increasingly be present on Press Box Media this summer um, and leading up into the summer. He'll be doing a Zoom with me just about every Thursday. Um, Eric, Jackson Holiday. it seems now he's a foregone conclusion now. If I would have talked to you two months ago, I would have said, oh, no, he'll start the season at AAA and really get his feet wet, and by mid-May, June 1st, he'll be ready for the major leagues. Uh, unless he falls flat on his face, he's going to he's gonna be up as a starting position player for the Orioles on opening day. If, if that is the case, where do, you, where do you position him? Is he your second baseman, your shortstop, and then what does Henderson do? I actually do not think he's going to break camp with the Orioles. I think they're going to let him get a bit bigger and a bit more high-level minor league seasoning. He really does not have a lot of at-bats. Mm-hmm. He does not have a lot of experience. And in the postseason slash playoffs for the Tides last year, he was not a major contributor. I think the organization wants to get to a point where he just is. So it's going to be early, but it's not going to be right outside of camp. But to answer what you asked specifically. Yeah, the position. Where does he start? Yeah, he could be a high caliber second baseman, but there's a distinct possibility that he could be a gold glove type at shortstop so there's a bit of a conundrum with Gunnar Henderson who's going to win the rookie of the year and seems to be a a quote-unquote established shortstop and Jackson Holiday I do not know how you fix that problem but just moving Gunnar over to third is not a long-term solution for my opinion he's just not as good there as he is at shortstop where he might be among the best players in the entire sport. Um, so, tough thing for the front office to figure out. I'd rather move Holiday to second than move Henderson to third, but, you know, that's above our pay grade. All right. Hey, great talking to you. I'll uh, reach out to you, and we'll talk next Thursday, okay? Glad to do it. Happy Friday, guys. Talk right. to you soon. All right. There he is, uh, Eric Garfield. Uh, your impressions of Eric uh uh, I'm glad he's uh, going to be part of uh, you know part of the press box team moving forward. Yeah. Uh, you know, definitely knowledgeable of of uh, each level of the uh, of the Orioles farm system. So and somehow uh, has these relationships with people like the video guy for the Mariners, and you know, doesn't give his name up, but uh, you know, or something like that. Unbelievable. Um, we are about to be joined by somebody who is not traveling through the state of Indiana, and that is Josh Charles, uh, my nephew. And uh, is he joining us, uh, Griffin? All right. Joining us right now is uh, my nephew, Josh Charles. Josh, how are you? Stan, how are you? I'm glad to hear that you're uh, <clears throat> healthy and on the mend. I Worried am. about you. So uh, that makes me very happy. All right. 
I'm uh, very appreciative of the fact that you were worried about me. I really mean. Well, you that. sound good. You sound good on the air. You uh, sound crisp. You sound on point. So I uh, think you're you're back. All right. No, you're uh, like fast Eddie Felton. You know, you're right, back. Fast, I'm back. I'm back. Fast Eddie Felton from um, the the color the color. Wait a minute. What was that one called? The color green. Color or? of money and color uh, of money. The hustler. Yeah, color of money. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the great Paul Newman played Fast Eddie Felson in The Hustler and The Color of Money. And of course, Tom Cruise That's played uh, the young buck in uh, The Color of Money. Uh, Josh, first of all, how has your life changed from about two months ago when the uh, strike got settled? Uh, it's good. I mean, things are kind of slowly, you know, uh, gearing back up and, um, a couple of films that are one that's just coming out now uh, called Memory with Jessica Chastain and Peter Sarsgaard with a really brilliant Mexican filmmaker named Michelle Franco. And that's getting released in a bunch of different cities around the country. And and uh, was at a bunch of festivals before that. And then a, a film called Mother's Instinct with also with Jessica and with Anne Hathaway. It's coming out in the next month or two. And then, and then this TV show I did uh, all spring and summer in Europe called The Veil. It'll be on FX starting in April. But other than that, you know, that, that stuff that was already in the can before the strike, you know, right now I'm sort of gearing back up and, and looking for the next one. But, uh, you know, certainly enjoying the time off to appreciate some football. Yeah. So before we get to football, to be honest with me, more exciting to work with Jessica Chastain, Peter Sarsgaard, Anne Hathaway, or Stan the Fan and Glenn Clark? And Griffin Bass. Well, I mean, you know, it's interesting because uh, <laughs> you asked me this. No, somebody, I, somebody I, from the Ravens, somebody from the Ravens asked me. They were like, they were like, you're such a fan. Would you rather win an <laughs> Oscar or like we win the Super Bowl? And I'm like, you know, that's a tough call, honestly. Yeah, I think right. I'd rather the Ravens win the Super Bowl. Um, that's kind of how I'm built. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, obviously, I enjoy working with all those guys. I know you're joking in the yeah. question, but uh, you know, I also I love talking sports and love love uh, obviously love you and press box and love what Glenn does and I listen all the time. So you know, this is an exciting year for Baltimore. I don't tell you, you know, just what a great year in sports for all of us. And listening yeah. to what you guys are just talking about, really interesting dilemma potentially of what you do with Jackson and um, Gunner in terms of the short third second. Yeah, um, you know equation. Um, well, I threw I threw an added uh, context to it. I asked a former ge- major league general manager a year and a half ago. I said if you and he was somebody that was very interested in drafting uh, Holiday number one for the Mets when the Mets had the number nine pick, and a year before huh? it looked like Holiday would be in the seven to ten range, uh, and then of course he shot up to be number one. I asked him if he could play center field, and he said, without a question, he's a gold glove caliber center fielder. So throw that into the mix, wow. too. So, uh, well, What do you think? Would he do any of that right now, or is he well, pretty I'm, locked in my, being shortstop? My mouth is agape a little bit because Eric uh, Garfield just opened my eyes because everybody the last six, seven weeks has been s- sort of making now the assumption that Jackson – will be on the opening day roster, it does make more sense to to season him a little bit overall because uh, seasoning him a month or six weeks wouldn't necessarily take away the chance of him winning the uh, the rookie of the year, you know, and still gaining that draft pick sure. compensation. Sure, sure. 
Um, let's uh, turn our attention to uh, football. And uh, yeah, man. Uh, I know it's odd to have the bye for the Baltimore Ravens because it seems like we always have to go through the most difficult, you know, uh, gauntlet <laughs> yeah. possible. Uh, is, is it fun to relax this one week and see everybody else kind of fumble uh, fumble the ball? I'm enjoying it. I mean, it, it's not like, you know, I think for all of us, it's it's a it's a unique place to, to be in because we, we are used to being the underdog and, and not, you know, not being the – pursued but being the pursuer and and and, and the one hunting and, and just sort of you know scrapping away so yeah we're top of top dog right now waiting for everybody and it's a different position but i'm trying to change my i was saying this to, to glenn i was on with glenn and rita last week and i was saying i'm trying to sort of zen out a little bit more about it because i'm usually very like oh what if this and i want to play this and i don't want to play and i know a lot of us are like that fans not just in baltimore across you know all cities I'm trying to be more relaxed. Like, yeah, listen, it's playoffs. Anything can happen. We lose, sure. But I, 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 I feel that as concerned as I may be about certain aspects of certain teams, those teams are going to be equally concerned about us. And I think truly we don't get to the Super Bowl uh, if we beat ourselves, you know. And, and I think I think that really is what, what's going to happen with this team. Like if this team plays the way they're capable of playing, they tighten up the rush D a little bit, um, I, I, I just don't see it. I don't see it happen. I see us going. I really do. Uh, and it doesn't mean we will, but that's how I feel right now. So, I, and I'm not normally that kind of optimistic. I'm always more of a glass, yeah, half full kind of guy. Well, you're a glass. Um, you're, you're jittery with your glass, whether it's full or or half full or half empty. You're jittery. Half with empty. It. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm jittery. I'm I'm a jittery uh, jittery glass drinker. You know, water drinker. Uh, anyway, I don't know. I, I'm excited, I, and I, I'm really. I, I'm trying. What I guess I'm saying is, I feel like the Ravens have shown us this year, like time and time again, that like when 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 the chips are on the table, they have risen, they have risen to the occasion, and then some. And so they've shown us who they are, and they've shown us even in their losses who they are. And in the, and all those losses, and I, I guess you could make the one exception, and you know, Glenn feels this, and we talked about it, is the second Cleveland game in the second half of that, where Cleveland. Know, really kind of took it to us. Yeah, I think I challenged him a bit on the idea that they imposed their will on us. I think they just matched our intensity. You know, and Lamar threw that pick, and that was that. That certainly didn't help us in that situation. But other than that, the other games we beat ourselves. You know, I mean, the Indianapolis game was a mess. You know, we, we, I was at that game. We all know that was just a. You know, we just gave that one away. We dropped eight passes, four in the end zone against Pittsburgh the first time. I'm going to just write off the last game because who knows what that was. So it really comes out of that Cleveland game. And even in that, we were in command, had to leave, and you got to give it to them. You know, Cleveland's a tough team. And divisional opponents, those are different games. So I, I feel like just sort of cautiously optimistic about the Ravens this postseason. I think it's a different team. I'm not worried about the rust or any of that. I think this team just seems so locked in and focused um, that it's, it's – uh, I'm just more excited to see – how they're gonna how they're gonna um, show up? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I largely agree with you, Josh. Uh, I like I'm I, I am you know ca- trying to be cautiously optimistic as well. You know, like you know realizing that it is the NFL and anything can happen. But you know that being said, you you're trying to you, I know you said you're trying to mail it out this weekend, but are, you, you got to be rooting for something to happen, right? Like, you, you, would you be or yeah. you leaning one way or the other? Like, if the Bills lost and the Bills got knocked out by the Steelers, you know, how would you feel? Well, it's interesting because I talked to some other people 
that are, you know, real, you know, football knowledgeable, you know, uh, pundits and saying, you know, Buffalo is the one team and obviously maybe, you know, Pittsburgh, I mean, uh, uh, Cleveland too, just because of the defense, you know, that, that could be challenging for us. But really, Buffalo is the one that could give us run for money. And I understand why. they got a good, good defense. You know, they, they've got a good rushing attack. That's one of our maybe weaker points, if I would say. We're in the middle of the pack, right, on rush D. So I feel like, I, I feel like, yeah, you'd like to see them go. But at the same time, like, you're going to have to play two games and they're going to be good teams. You know what I mean? They're all in the playoffs. And I, I feel like just whoever it is, I, I, I am I'm going to be, always be nervous, but I'm also like, I'm excited about this team. That's a, that's a unique thing. I'm more excited than nerves, right. if that makes sense, because I, I feel like they're capable of just really doing something special. But with that said, I would not be mad about another crack at Pittsburgh because, yeah. you know, as a Ravens fan, it sickens me that they've won, what, seven of eight, and they swept us this year. And even though we played – The fans are trying to hold it over us. Seven, like, oh, you know, that they're the real AFC. Yeah. You mentioned it earlier this week, you know, that, the, that they're the real, you know, since they went five and one in the AFC North. Um, uh, how would you feel if right. uh, Joe Flacco and the Browns came into Baltimore next week? I mean – I think that's possible too. I mean, I think that's a great storyline. Obviously, everybody will run with it. I think the thing that's not getting discussed enough about that, and I, I think I saw a quote of Lamar. First of all, you know, like many, I love Joe. Yeah. I mean, one of the great dudes, right? I mean, I've got a picture of me and him. My dad just sent me to remind me that after the Super Bowl in New Orleans, and we walked back after the game, and, you know, they had the whole line, and just tons of people walking back from the stadium to their hotels. And as we walked up the hotel, the bus of the team was sort of coming in. I just yelled out to Joe, and he said, hey. And we took a picture, and I looked like a six-year-old. You know, I'm just <laughs> so tall, and I'm next to him. And I just got this just shit-eating grin on my face. But I, I, I love that guy, and I'm so happy for him. And, you know, he's, he's so, you know, he, he's a gamer, man. He's out there, and he's balling. And I, I, I reached out to him to just tell him how happy I was for him. And I said, quite honestly, like, I'm – couldn't be couldn't be more thrilled for you, but you know, come playoffs like this, love ends quickly, you know, because <laughs> you know I, I know what he's capable of, but I also want to take that in perspective. He is he balling? Yes. You know, have they played a lot of great teams during that stretch as good as us? No, not at all. So I, I, I'm I'm not as nervous about that. And the one thing I don't think we're talking about enough is what Lamar has to say about that. You know, a lot of the focus is on Joe and Joe coming back, and that's all great. It's a great story. What about Lamar? Mm-hmm. I think Lamar is going to have something to say about who, who's going to come out on top of that matchup between those two QBs. And, you know, as much as I love Joe, Lamar is just uh, is on fire this year. And, and the guy is just making plays and he's making it happen. And there's just something in his eyes and his intensity, maturity. It feels like, you know, it's all the cliches, but it just feels like everything's slowed down for him. You know, you yeah. watch him and he's just, He's reading, he's running, he's moving. He's just, he's just, as an actor, you say, you know, he's in the moment, right? Yeah. You know, like all you want to be as an actor is in the moment, right? You just want to be, you don't need to do anything. You just be and react and listen. And I feel like that is what Lamar Jackson is doing right now as a quarterback. He is in the moment. Call it locked in, call it whatever you want. Dude is just, he's, he's in it. And I love seeing that. And I'm I'm just excited, man. I think I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but I'm excited about the possibility. I think we've man. got. It's interesting the talk about the Jackson Flacco situation or dynamic. 
because I think we've got an exact same dynamic with the Goff and uh, Matthew Stafford game, uh, the the Lion-Ram game, which I think is the most interesting game of the weekend. Do you have a thought or two on that game? Yeah, I do. I actually, look, first of all, I love Dan Campbell. I love that guy. Love his style. I, and how can you not pull for the Lions? I mean, I'm just, they're, they're a great story. They're playing good ball. Um, but I think, I think the Rams are my, are my sneaky pick to, yeah. to, 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 to go very far in the NFC. And I could see them. I think the winner of that, I think the winner of that game, I think the winner of that game could be the sneaky pick, you know, the Lions or the Rams. Either one of them could be. It's hard for me to see anybody beating San Francisco right now, certainly not Philly or Dallas. I mean, they they just had their way with them. Right. And the Rams game at the end of the season, I know they played earlier, but at the end of the season, that was a meaningless game. But I think the Rams, the Rams got that, they got that mojo with those two receivers and the running game and, and, and uh, with Donald, of course. So I don't know. Like, I, 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 I'm, as much as I'm pulling emotionally for the Lions, I want to also see who can give San Francisco the best run for their money because I don't want these guys just you know, yeah. take walking into the Super Bowl. Um, but I, I, I agree that I think the AFC seems like it's stacked up a little harder for the top seed um, because you look at – I love the crack at Pittsburgh, right? But let's say likely Buffalo is going to wipe Pittsburgh out, I think. <laughs> I don't think Pittsburgh is going to win that game. I actually think Houston is a team that could beat Cleveland, and I know I know yeah. you know Cleveland's favored. I think right by two points. Cleveland's two favored by two and a half points. Yep, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I I I actually think the last time they played, you know, yeah, they beat him, but Stroud was on concussion protocol. He didn't play, and I think that guy's just a change. He's a game changer. He's yeah. rookie of the year. You yeah. know, what I mean, so I don't know. It, at home, a pumped up crowd. Um, they've got a they got a good defense. C.J. Stroud is a big difference maker there, and I don't see that game. You know, I see that game going either way. So I could see us facing Houston, and I could also listen. I think I think it's hard to see Miami going into beating KC. I mean, I don't think any of us think that yeah. will happen. It could happen. Yeah. I mean, Miami has just been getting it handed to them. They're due to have a turnaround. If they, I don't know who they're getting back, Griff and Stan. I mean, do you know if? Any of the people are coming back. They're running back. I mean, Moster and Waddle are both questionable, so it sounds like they're actually their true game time decisions. Um, right. But I mean, Tyreek Hill should be playing. A Chan will play. You know, Tua will play. But I mean, yeah, yeah. And the running the, the back guys, for Kansas City is, is going to play. Is a um, unit, yeah. What's his name? The running back. The uh, Pacheco. Pacheco. No, no, sorry. Uh, yeah, Pacheco for the for the Chiefs. Yeah, Isaiah oh, okay. Pacheco. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah, yeah. He's going to play. Yeah. Oh, not Manny. Hey, <laughs> hey, Josh. Manny Machado. Josh. Yeah. yeah, before I let you go, because we're running a, t- a tad late, um, I don't want to drag you into a mess, but uh, one of the things I'm most proud about you it's is It's Josh not- Charles, Stan. We'll go as long as Josh wants well, to go. Well, that's, I mean- that's true. That's true. Uh, but, but seriously, uh, one of the things I'm most proud about you is not your work. It's the quality of human being you are. I'd just like to get your comment on... Uh, this this uh, Jimmy Kimmel uh, Aaron Rodgers blow up uh, because I I have oh, a man. feeling I have a feeling where you're going to go with this but uh, I've already yeah. said my piece today but uh, your thoughts I, I I such an interesting thing like right? I've, no, I've never met Aaron Rodgers and, right. and and I don't have any personal animus towards him and he could obviously give two craps what I think about him and that's fine <laughs> I feel the same about him. What I will say is this: there has not ever been a player who I have who has 
my eyes. Now, I'm not talking about the world or anything, just for me. Who I didn't know, but I always kind of loved. I always loved Aaron Rodgers. Like, mm-hmm. I loved how he handled the whole Brett Favre thing. I loved that he just seemed sort of low-key and kind of had this sort of dark sense of humor. And he was just obviously such a good ball player. And I, I don't know, he just had a vibe about him. And I was like, that's a cool dude, you know? Right. And I have I, I cannot believe in the last, like, two years, like, how far he has fallen in my books, you know? Mm-hmm. Just from the whole ridiculousness, you know, Jimmy said it better than anybody, of just pretending he's a scientist and this and that <laughs> or whatever, and just and how, how he handled that. And then what he was saying about Kimmel, I, I just think he's a douche. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I have nothing more to say other than he, he seems like... Don't sugarcoat idiot, it, Josh. You know? Don't sugarcoat it. No, I thought I, mean, I had Jimmy, a feeling you. you know, I had a and, feeling. And I think I. Well, I agree with you though. Like it's, I watched the thing. And sort of, sort of half say, "Well, I didn't say that. I don't want anybody." And he used a close word to say that in my name. Of course, I wasn't implying that. Of course, you were implying that. Yeah, exactly. What else were you doing? We're, we're not idiots. Right. That's what you were implying. And just man up and say, "Look, like you said, I was pissed off. He he yeah. rubbed me wrong, and I'm." I was shooting back. I don't actually think he's a pedophile or, you know, having sex with underage girls. But, you know, that stuff in the world we live in today has real life consequences. Yeah. You yeah. know, I don't think Jimmy's putting a lot of flavor on that. You know, I don't know yep. Jimmy very well, but like, you know, there are people that read that shit and now think, you know, his, he's, you know, eating children in pizza places or whatever. And I'm sure he's getting all that. I've gotten a touch of that from some people, you know, of anything I may have said, you know, you can, you get a touch of that quickly and, it's pretty scary, man, when that stuff comes at you, you know, because uh, there are insane people out there. So yeah. I, I, the guy's falling down in my books. I mean, yeah. yeah, he's still a great player. Yeah. But I also think his selfishness this year, the, the audacity that he was going to come back from that injury <laughs> that put the Jets in some sort of weird holding pattern. Yeah. You know, why didn't the Jets get Flacco? Right. What? Right. What? They, had him. they had him last year, I think. Was it two years ago? Like, but why didn't they grab him immediately yeah. after week one when he hurt his when he hurt his leg yeah. to have him be there again? Yeah. Well, I mean, I love Joe Joe D, but why didn't they do that? Yeah. It really felt like Zach. Listen, I got a Zach Wilson downtown rookie card graded. I want. I'm pulling for Zach. I want that thing to get back up to what it was when I got it. But I think that ship has sailed. Yeah, it sounds and, like that um, might be a coaster moving forward. Yeah, so I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I got it. My son got it. Rocco got it in a box. It wasn't like we didn't like. Was he ex- it. Was, was he like, excited? Oh, he cool. got, was he excited? He got it. At the time, if you, I'm telling you this truthfully. At the time, I, I think I talked about this with Glenn. At the time he got that card, Zach was playing really well. It was like, holy crap, we just scored on this right, you know, retail right. box. We got a downtown Zach Wilson. I'm getting next crap graded. We went and got a grade. I looked online. They were selling for $1,000. I'd be lucky to get 150 bucks for that car right now. Right. I mean, lucky. Lucky it's on an, the best day. As, as Griffin said, down. it's an expensive coaster now. Yeah. An expensive pretty much. Coaster. Pretty much. But I've got, you know, I've got, uh, we've really, you know, and I, I was thinking of you because I've got I really got into collecting cards a lot this year with Rocco and and there's a really cool if, if anybody's listening that's into collecting cards, Tops Black and White, you know, the Tops Chrome Black and White edition. Um, they release these boxes. There's only like 30 cards in a box, and but they're these just beautiful black and white images. And there's all kinds of parallels and autos and 
I got actually a really cool Grayson black and white auto, Grayson Rodriguez, uh, in, in one of the boxes. And I've literally gotten, uh, I got so obsessed with them because I, I just love the images. Like, check them out online. They're beautiful. And I've got the whole set, you know, a base set, not all of the, you know, but I got the whole base set. And I'm looking at things online. You can buy these, like, um, kind of like a poster, right? Like, mm-hmm. a, a, that has the slots for like 100 cards saw one on etsy but it was like 300 and something bucks which i didn't really want to spend that much on a poster i like the idea of like putting them all on a poster that you can remove them in the back and showing right. them that way because they're beautiful um anyway i thought of you a lot during that because you know he's so into baseball and so into the stats and wanting to know and talks out of his butt half the time doesn't even know what he's saying but he makes me think he does he's like you know oh that person this, 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 they did that i was like what no they didn't now you told me like, something, oh, okay you told me something the other day that kind of shocked me or not shocked me you said how old's rocco now nine or eight he's nine yeah. nine, nine. you're saying nine you're saying he's starting to talk about fantasy sports Yes, this is something that I, you know, now you got to understand, I got out of fantasy sports. I was really high, hardcore into fantasy football. 20 years never ago, you were big time 20 years ago, yeah. Yeah, I won, I won the NFL Network, you know, first celebrity, whatever they did that year. I won yep. the trophy that year, the first year, and I came in second the, the next year because of Brett Fabra. Uh, he killed me in that game. Uh, but I, I will tell you, because he was playing the Bears D, Jeff Garland had the Bears D, and Favra threw like five picks in that game. Nah. And that was the only reason I lost and didn't go back to back. But I stopped when Rocco was born because I was taking so much of my life. I had a league right. that was in LA, even though I was living back in New York and the guys were really serious. and I was serious. And I was like, I just can't do this anymore. And I miss it. And I never was that into baseball only through you, right? Yeah. Because you know all the stuff about baseball. I don't. I always just tag on your coattails and sort of, you know, enjoy the experience of us just being able to connect about it. But this year, I think he really wants to do it, and I would love him to do it with you, get in on that league, and like you know, just just to be a part of it, so he can look, talk to you about it, understand, because he really does have that kind of brain. Like he's he's asking me consistently. Like I was telling some of the scouts from the Ravens, I was like, he's asking me for like Ravens, you know, scouting books. Like he wants to know about like who the guys are coming up, yep. and he's got that kind of memory and into it. So. He, he, he could he could go in that direction. He, right. he, he loves that part of the game. Well, we can certainly uh, get him in on our uh, as part of our team. Send him the reports of the stats, so he starts to get the feel of stats and those kind of things like that. Understand? Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. it would really it really uh, you know it was a big deal. It doesn't come it doesn't come cheap. My time doesn't come cheap though, Josh. You know that. Oh, I, of course, that's yeah. an understatement. Of course, I know that. I was never expecting you to do any of it for free. I mean, we can work that out <laughs> offline. But you know, I, I I do think that you know, given that he's you know, he's my great nephew. He's my great nephew. Cut me a deal. Maybe yeah. cut me a deal. Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll cut you the family. I'll cut you the family discount. I'll, I'll give you the family. I, I discount. hope so. Yeah. Hey, um, who do you want to face? Who do you want to face Sunday? Who do you want to face next Saturday or Sunday? Uh, and who do you want? If you got I, think, your I think we're going to face either Houston or um, Houston or Cleveland. I think we're going to face one of those two teams. And uh, I, be, being honest, I I'm not that afraid of the Cleveland Browns. The Houston Texans uh, with this guy Stroud, I think he's a special talent. I'm not taking away from Joe Flacco, but I think our defense will be able to stop either of those teams, so I'm not really that nervous. 
but I think we'll face one of those two teams. Griffin, who do you think we'll face next week? Um, I also think it's the winner of that game. Uh, I think I would feel slightly better going against the Texans just because the Ravens do fare well against rookie quarterbacks. Obviously, yep. you know, <clears throat> not a, your normal rookie quarterback. Uh, and you know he, who knows, maybe he'll have some sort of revenge, you know, sort yeah. of factor since the Ravens beat him Week One. Um, but you know the Texans don't, you know they don't overly concern me too much. They can't look over the Texans by any means. Right. But uh, um, you know, I guess in an ideal world, probably the Steelers. Like you know, the Steelers just don't. St- Josh you know. wants to play the Steelers. Yeah, I, I think I the Ravens it, would have yeah. plenty of uh, motivation going into that yeah. one. I think Drew Forster tweeted it last yeah, I mean, week. I, I, yeah, uh, he said, you know, if they yeah. if they face this, he, he said he said if the Ravens Steelers play again, it'll be forty eight to ten Ravens. So um, I'm not sure if it'll be that score, I, but I, kind I do of agree think, with him. Yeah, I, I know. Like I, think, I no, but I agree. I, I think it's that would that would satisfy you know. Yeah, that would satisfy yeah. two things. We get Buffalo out and get that revenge game against Pittsburgh, and it will be a physical game. And I don't know if it'll be forty eight to ten either, but I think we win. I, think, I absolutely think we I win think that the game. team I'm, I, think, I think the team I'm most nervous about playing would be Buffalo. You know. Yeah. I, and, and I know we won't play we won't play them next week. I, I I think in my heart I feel that it's probably gonna be I feel like Joe Flacco's coming back to Baltimore next week. Yeah. So that's right. that's what I think is going to happen. Hey Josh, uh, I'm not the booking that's agent it. I'm not the booking guy on this show, but any shot we could uh, book you for next Friday to do fifteen minutes? Yeah, man. All right. Always, I'm always, I'm always around and happy. I may be in town, so maybe I could even come in, Ooh. you know, uh, if uh, I'm there, because we'll, that'll be the weekend of the game, right? So, uh, yeah, I'll be planning to try to come in. Uh, do right. we know when will we? When are we going to find out if we're Saturday or Sunday after this weekend? They will game? probably announce probably it Sunday. Sunday like, night, night, I would. Yeah, think. I would think. I'm like, thinking the Ravens are going to play Saturday. I have a feeling. I think so too. Yeah. Don't they normally put the one seed? I mean. One of the one seeds plays on Saturday, I guess. Typically, right? yeah. I'm yeah. guessing we're going to play Saturday night. Is my guess that will be like the marquee game of the two Saturday games. That's my feeling. Oh, man. I agree. All How right. do you guys feel about this Peacock thing? What do you? What, what's your take on that? Did you talk about that earlier? I didn't hear. Well, first of all, Peacock is. is am I right? It's free on my on my Comcast, right? Uh, if it is, not then free it is. For me. Yeah, well. it's not free for you. Okay. Uh, look, it's my understanding been... is you have to pay. You have to pay if you don't have Peacock. Yeah, and you want to watch this game. You have to you pay have for to it. Subscribe. To... Yeah. Wow. Now you can cancel it. You know, so you can subscribe for a month and cancel it. And right. I think it's five ninety nine. You basically got to pay six seven dollar game. Six dollar game. Yeah. This is what they've been moving yeah, toward seven. for years. You know, this is what they've been. Moving. I don't like it. It makes me sick to my yeah. stomach. <laughs> it really does, man. I just think it's gross, man. I, I just. I don't know. I pay I pay close to what four hundred dollars a year to watch the uh, to watch the you know the, the Sunday ticket. Right. Some of those games aren't on, and then this right. year and they, they got to screw you beyond the Chargers yeah. game. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, a, I'm, I'm not a big. I going to watch that game one night, and I was like, why, why can't I watch this game? I was like, oh, it's on Peacock. Right. I'm like, what? I don't even yeah. want to watch this game. I'm not going to go play for this game. <laughs> and I feel this way. You know, tomorrow night I'm going to see a play. I'm not watching that game. They could take it. And, it's like Charlie Eckman used to say, you know, where the sun don't shine. Yeah, sun don't I'm, not, shine. I'm, not, I'm not about that. All right. He is Josh Charles, uh, my uh, nephew and uh, uh, excellent, excellent actor and uh, most knowledgeable sports fan. Josh, thanks for joining us. Love you, Unc. All right, Griff, talk to you guys. All, All right. right. Have a good weekend. All right. Well, we booked a guest for next Friday. All right. Press Box urges you to drink a beer or two in honor of Tony Siragusa. Starting 
this Monday, January 15th, and actually I think it's like tonight, I mean tomorrow night or Sunday, I think it'll be available at Guilford Hall Brewery. They're releasing Goose Flights, a delicious lager to support Goose's medical transportation jet company. As many of you know, the Goose Flight Foundation mission, now run by Tony's kids, charitably flies needy patients to emergency treatment. You can buy Goose Flight Lager exclusively at Glory Days Grill or Guilford Hall Brewery. Two bucks of every purchase goes to the cause. Raise a glass to Tony and support this great foundation. Go to PressBoxOnline.com to learn all about it. Toast the late Tony Saragusa with Goose Flights Lager from Guilford Hall Brewery and support the Goose Flights Foundation mission. Available starting this Monday at Guilford Hall Brewery and all Maryland Glory Days Grills locations. Go to PressBoxOnline.com to learn more. And one last word from me here uh, before we take the break. Use the promo code GlennClark23 or StanCharles23 when you sign up at Superbook and you'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. Download the Superbook app or visit Superbook.com to take advantage of the great offer today. All right, there you have it. All right, uh, we'll be winding things down when we come back. We'll have Tidbit and Tubular. And we have the... to do our picks, right? Uh, you, yeah, you and I will. Yeah. I'll, I'll be sitting in for uh, for Glenn All this right. this week. Uh, but that'll be uh, that'll be after Glenn Clark Radio. So right. You'll catch that later. All right. We'll hey, it's back. Jeremy Kahn. This postseason, bet in person at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks with locations in Canton and in Towson, and enjoy the best in-class sports wagering experience at their state-of-the-art facilities, bringing an unmatched sports betting thrill. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of special Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and 
killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria. A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouth-watering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at Baltimore.org slash hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR. All right, we are back on uh, GCR for a few uh, remaining moments. And Griffin, what do we got? Uh, we've got Tidbit and Tudler coming up. Uh, Tidbit, you want to tell us... Uh, Tidbit is going to be brought to you today by uh, by you, Stan, actually, because uh, you earlier this week, you had a uh, a good chat with uh, with uh, Ross and Luke. You guys were talking Orioles spring training, or, or, or Orioles offseason, rather. Yeah. Leading up to spring training. And we will uh, do much the same this Monday night. And next Thursday, we'll have Eric Garfield from the Florida Prospects Report uh, with uh, more on Oriole prospects as we get ready for the 2024 season. Yes, and uh, you can find uh, all those videos on uh, the Press Box YouTube page under the Videos tab, so make sure you check those out. Uh, tidbit wise, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of sports action last night. Uh, we, we didn't mention it, but Towson did win uh, last night as well. UMBC, uh, they lost a close one to uh, Vermont, um, but uh, also in action. UCLA, they uh, lost big. Because, you know, the t- we've, we, we were talking about the Terps, but UCLA um, has, uh, you know, we're kind of lucky we're not UCLA. They've had a very, very poor uh, start to the season. Seems like it's not going to turn around either. Uh, but yesterday, the Lakers lost, so did UCLA. And they lost by a combined 60 points. That is the first time that that's ever happened uh, for the Lakers and UCLA on the same day to lose by a combined 60 points. Um, uh, You know, things not going too well in in Southern California uh, on on the hardwood. Um, That's that's interesting. (laughs) Yes. uh, The... We we did see the uh, the the first team all pros were announced early, earlier this week. Um, second team was also just announced actually a couple minutes ago. Um, did you see who the Ravens all pro selections were, Stan? No, I have not seen those. The yet. first teamers. Do you want to take a, a stab at who the first Roquan Smith? Uh, yes, Lamar Ro- Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Um, One more. Uh, Mark Andrews. Not Mark Andrews. I guess he probably. One more from the offense. No, no, no. Uh, from, defensive from defense. player, uh, Mr. Ha- uh, Hamilton. That is correct. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton. Roquan Smith and Lamar Jackson are your first teamers. Uh, they also had three second teamers announced about ten minutes ago. Any? I'm going to guess uh, Matabuke. Matabuke is one of them. Uh, Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen is another. And I'm going to say that, uh, what's his name? The, the guy who's Davian Clowney. That's a good... Uh, that, 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 but that it's he, wrong. He probably deserves Whenever it. you hear that it's a good guess, it's yeah. wrong. Yeah. Uh, he is an offensive player, the third uh, second-teamer. Tr- uh, Linderbaum. Uh, he probably should have been. Uh, it's not Linderbaum. Um, is it a lineman? Uh, it's not a lineman. It's not a lineman. <laughs> well, you know what? You can consider him a lineman sometimes. Patrick Ricard. Patrick Ricard is the third second teamer uh, for the Ravens. So and, and what are they guys. doing this year with that game? Uh, uh, well, playing, this is the, are their daughters the playing this year? <laughs> yeah, 
These are the all pros, so these are just like you know, the, these are the okay. best of the best guys. You know, like yeah. I think media this is not the Pro players. Bowl yet. Yeah, not the Pro that's Bowl. the game where their daughters are all going to play. Um, you know, that might be what we're going to see soon. Yeah. yeah, I think you. I don't. I don't think you're too far it's off. It's just on that. the the concept of a player going out and playing a me seriously. I know your preseason games are meaningless essentially, <laughs> uh, but the concept you're going to play like an all star game in a sport. It where you could kind of worked, I guess, when they did it in Hawaii. So it was like a you at least had guys that wanted to go because it was a, like a nice vacation, a nice paid for. Not vacation. giving up my potential earnings over, uh, you know. Well, and well, also, I mean, look it, if yeah, the it was league wants if the league but, wants to insure me, you know, uh, you know, for free that they'll insure me against a hundred million dollars, yeah, yeah, of of. Uh, Lost income. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm not sure what they do to fix it. Yeah. Uh, and your and your team and your team your team shouldn't even. Want, I don't want Lamar Jackson playing in a Pro Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess they're just going to continue with what they're doing now: flag football and yeah. no contact. They'll play dodgeball and Madden. We'll, we'll just watch Kyler Murray play Madden. It's really, against Hollywood Brown. I think my idea's got. Uh, the daughters. The daughters playing. What if you don't? What if they don't have daughters? What if they don't have daughters that aren't? They don't deserve to be on the. Uh, a lot of these guys are young guys. Some don't even have kids. There's an incentive now to having a daughter. Oh, you, you incentivize the them. You don't get to make the Pro Bowl if you don't have a do- if you yeah. don't have. It has to be a daughter. Daughter. Yeah. yeah. Um, Joe Flacco will be in action this weekend. He is 14th all time on the uh, uh, quarterbacks wins all time quarterback playoff wins. Okay. Do you know who number one is? Pretty, you should know. Tom Brady. Tom Brady is, in fact, far and away number one, 35 right. playoff wins. Right. Who's number two? Number two. 16 playoff wins. Uh, John Elway. Not John Elway. He is uh, tied for third with 14. Brett Favre? Brett Favre is a little bit further down. He is tied for sixth with 13. Uh, Troy Aikman. Not Troy Aikman. Aikman also has he has eleven. He has one more win than Joe Flacco. Okay. Um top thirteen. Not Phil Sims? Not Phil Sims. Not sure how many. Yeah, I'm not does. sure. I I could go on for days. You on. could go on for days, and I th- I want you to. <laughs> no, you don't. Joe Montana, sixteen playoff wins at number two. Idiotic that I didn't get that. Yeah, yeah. well, you know. Uh it's you know, it's been a late show where yeah. we've gone we've gone two and a half hours now. Peyton Manning, Steve Young, and John Elway all have fourteen wins. Terry Bradshaw also fourteen wins in the playoffs. Okay. Um yeah, so that'll 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 do it for uh for, for tidbit today. Uh we'll get into totally tubular uh, before we do that, Stan, you wanna remind us about the latest edition of Press Box and uh, where you can get it. Yeah, our annual best of issue of Press Box is available now celebrating the Orioles as the team of the year and manager Brandon Hyde as our Mo Gabba sports person of the year. Inside the issue, we celebrate the top people, performances, and moments of the last 12 months in local sports. Pick up the best of issue at your neighborhood Royal Farms or any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox or read the entire issue at PressBoxOnline.com. Uh, all right, so it is a weekend. It means that there are a ton of sports in action, so maybe I should just direct you directly to uh, glennclarkradio.com uh, for the to- full Totally Tubular wa- rundown, but I'll try to get through uh, some of the highlights. Um, college basketball tonight is really the only thing going on. Uh, no local teams in action. Uh, Nebraska-Iowa play on Big Ten Network at 9.30. Minnesota-Indiana in action. DePaul-Villanova, 8.30 on FS1. Following uh, Minnesota-Indiana, Boise State-Nevada 
uh, uh, round out the triple header on FS1 of College Hoops. Dayton Duquesne at 7 o'clock on ESPN2. Rice South Florida at 7. NBA action on ESPN. Kings Sixers at 7.30. Pelicans Nuggets at 10 o'clock. Uh, NHL Network will have Predator Star in the, the PGA. Sony Open roars on all weekend on the Golf Channel. Uh, to Saturday, tomorrow, uh, Newcastle United and Manchester City on NBC. Uh, that'll be the appetizer to Browns-Texans at 4.30 on NBC. 4.30 on NBC is Browns-Texans when we see Joe Flacco and C.J. Stroud square off. Then, yeah, exclusively on Peacock, Dolphins-Chiefs at 8 o'clock. Uh, gotta assume we'll see plenty of Taylor Swift uh, in the crowd. Um, hopefully hopefully she's able to cheer Travis Kelsey on enough uh, to uh, get the Chiefs a, a win. Or not, you know, we'll see. It's supposed to be frigid, very, very cold. One of the coldest games ever, they're saying, in Kansas City. So maybe... Taylor Swift won't be there. We want to protect her, you know. Stan, don't want her to get uh, too cold. Don't don't want her to get the no, get get, get this uh, this cold and flu. Get, yeah, yeah. So maybe she won't be there. Uh, that would be di- highly disappointing she'll for be, Peacock. She'll be there. Oh, she'll be there. Okay. She'll she loves Travis Kelsey that much. Um, all the local teams in action tomorrow afternoon. ESPN Plus will be UMBC, UMass, Lowell, Navy, Lafayette play at two on ESPN Plus. Loyola plays at five against Boston University. All of that on ESPN+. Plus. Oh, of course. Magomed Ankalaev, Johnny Walker, UFC Fight Night, UFC First Card of the Year. Pretty exciting. Uh, I'm excited for this one. I'll have to have have the two TV set up for uh, playoff football and uh, and UFC all tomorrow night. Um, Johnny Walker, Magomed Ankalaev uh, is the is the headliner on uh, UFC. Uh, that'll be on ESPN+, Plus as well. Flow Hoops will have Towson Northeastern. Um Stan, of course, I, I don't. I don't assume you didn't see this, but uh, I was at the Towson game last night. They, uh, man, they just keep having problems with this arena for some reason. The shot clock scoreboard on one end of the court became out of sync with the rest of the clock. Uh, some at, at like at like the 15 minute mark of the second half. So they went into a half hour delay while they switched out basketball hoops uh, so that they could get a a working shot clock. On uh, on Stony Brook's basket in the second half, it was uh, you know. Okay. It was the, it was the, did the it was crowd tough. hang in there? Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah, we we did. We hung out uh, for for most of it, and of course, it went into overtime as well. It was disappointing because the game was moving at a really good pace up until this delay, uh, and then it went into overtime, ended closer to ten o'clock. So. Oh, good. Shout out to the Tiger fans, the the Tiger faithful, uh, as uh, as they as uh, Towson did defeat Stony Brook, so they'll play Northeastern tomorrow afternoon. Umi's uh, Maryland Eastern Shore and Howard they play at four on uh, Howard's uh, on Howard's website. Uh, Big Ten Network will have Northwestern Wisconsin, Penn State Purdue. Uh, you know the rest of all all the college basketball uh, slate. Go to GlennClarkRadio.com for tomorrow afternoon. Uh, just checking for any more highlights. Yeah, a lot of college basketball. Wizards play the Hawks at seven thirty tomorrow night on Monumental. Um, and then on Sunday, Steelers-Bills at 1 o'clock. Fox will have Packers-Cowboys at 4.30. And then Rams-Lions on NBC at 8 o'clock. Um, and Maryland plays Illinois at 2 o'clock on Sunday on Big Ten Network. Um, that might not be... that ba- Based on how last night went, you know, I'd, I'm not really loving the Terps' chances. But, you know, you never know. But going on the road in the Big Ten is tough. Um, Mount St. Mary's plays Iona at 1 o'clock on Sunday on ESPN+. Plus. Um, oh, Delaware UNC Wilmington will be televised CBS Sports Network at 4 p.m. on uh, on Sunday. So if you don't feel like watching Packers Cowboys, definitely go check out some CAA hoops. Um, non sports wise, I'll try to fly flu- fly through it. Um, Stan, I'm trying to think of what you might be interested in. Lift. There's a movie on Netflix called Lift. Kevin Hart is uh, leading a heist. 
Oh, I thought he was a lift driver. No, that might honestly that might be better. This I, he it's like a serious role, and he is there. He's leading a heist. They have to. They're stealing a plane, um, and it looks very serious. Like I didn't even see any any funny quips in the trailer. So you know, if you're in, if you're a big Kevin Hart guy, yeah, go ahead and check it out. Okay. Uh, new episode of Reacher on Prime Video. I love that show. That's a great show. Yeah. So the uh, an episode drops tonight. Yeah, or uh, I think it dropped last night, so it's already available. Really? Now. Yeah. As soon as I can as go soon home as, and watch it. As soon as we end the show, we can go yeah, ahead and turn you, it on. Could you move it along <laughs> a little bit? Um, Self Reliance. This movie looks a little interesting. It's on Hulu. Jake Johnson. Um, I like Jake Johnson, but he gets recruited by Andy Samberg, uh, to be hunted for 30 days and if he survives he wins one million dollars um and the catch is that no one can kill him while he's uh while he uh, unless he's alone so like he he gets friends with anna kendrick or something and tries to get her to like hang out with him all, the whole time so that way he's never alone never, never alone never alone um but you know it you know, might have worked for me over the years as a uh, a means to keep a girlfriend um uh, that is that. The, the, those are the highlights. Rest go to GlennClarkRadio.com. So right. totally to the rundown. Sorry to make it a long window. Quite a run, quite a rundown. It's the weekend. Want to make sure everybody knows what's uh, knows what's on. What's Glenn on TV. will be. Glenn's got get a load of this day. He gets back on Sunday. Monday he's got the the morning show on 105.7 The Fan, and then he's coming here. Um, that is my understanding at this po- at this moment as well. We'll see if it we'll see if it all hangs in there. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, he he lucked out with the Ravens being on by, so it wasn't you know wasn't necessarily a uh, right. a, a much needed weekend of, of right. his presence. So okay. uh, so he'll he'll be he'll be uh, rearing and ready to go for the Ravens playoff run. That's all for sure. Right. Sounds interesting. Sounds yes. interesting. Um, big thank you to ever to all of today's guests. Of course, we had uh, Scott Garceau in the first hour. Talk some Orioles. We'll talk to a good bit of football with Scott as well. Um, that was a surprise that we yeah. ended up talking football. With. And uh, we talked to Eric Garfield about the Orioles and their prospects, and of course Josh Charles step, stopped by. So we'll get and we're we'll get all some, of those. We're missing somebody. Uh, both Smoker didn't. Well, yeah, both couldn't make yeah. it. Um, couldn't make um, it. Uh, we'll get all of those uh, up. This in is the not like a Mike Tirico thing now. The bow. Well, never... I guess we'll find out next week because we typically talk to him on Fridays. So okay. if if he's unable to do next Friday, yeah, but it would be may have a real it, case. W- it would be whether he doesn't do it when Glenn's not here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good point. We'll get catch catch my drift. I do catch your drift. Okay. <laughs> hey, well, thanks for walking me through this. All right? Thank you for walking me through it, Stan. Appreciate you stepping in this week. All right, and uh, putting on some good shows. We'll get uh we'll get all those interviews up on the greatest hit section of the. Stan? The archives. Perfect. The archives. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, any any other closing thoughts for the weekend, Stan? No. <laughs> none. Right. None whatsoever. All right. Peace out. All right.